This podcast is sponsored by gamesbasement.co.uk, the only games website designed by gamers for gamers. Follow us on Twitter and don't forget to visit www.gamesbasement.co.uk on our launch date, Monday the 4th of May. Okay, hello, and uh, welcome to episode three of the High School Podcast. This is uh, Dr. Zach Zeus, and as ever, joined by Strive. Hello, how are we doing? Uh, we've uh, got a few little changes. Um, we've been obviously always trying to make the podcast a little bit better. Going to be uh, starting off with what we've been playing, like normal. Then the middle section is going to be something called High School, Low School. You're going to be finding out a little bit more about that a bit later, but that's pretty interesting. And then following up with um, the reviews, a bit of community section, going over community games and our own community stuff. Um, so, well, we're going to get started. What have you been playing, Stro? Um Well, I've been playing quite a lot of different things this week. Um, I'm going to go over stuff that I've already spoken about in the past, though, um, just to kind of get those out of the way. Played and finished Resident Evil 5 now on, for the fourth time, uh, I finished it on professional difficulty now uh, on co-op. Um, I think I spoke last time and said how difficult it was, but to be fair, it did only take us a few hours to get through wasn't overly difficult the bosses aren't particularly hard but it has been really good fun playing through it i now have 1000 achievement points out of that not going to bother with the dlc though i don't think it's money well spent thousand points he's <laughs> <laughs> money well spent i mean it's always nice though when you get a thousand points out of a game and i i did really really enjoy playing resi 5 um to the point where i have actually considered going back and changing my review score yeah. which i'm not going to do but like the more you play it and the more you go through it and you start unlocking different things and as long as you've got a really good person to play through it with, it's a fantastic game to play. I mean, we've had, like I've said last week, I've been playing it with Deathmash, a friend of ours, and we've had absolute fantastic time. Um, we've done it on every single difficulty. Uh, we've got ridiculous amounts of infinite ammos and stuff like that. And uh, our next plan is we're going to speed run it uh, probably this week, maybe next week, depending on what's going on. But we're going to try and speed run it and get up the chart. I think at the moment the record on sort of like advanced, uh, on veteran or, or professional is completed in an hour and a half, hour and a half on like veteran or professional. So we're going to try and strive to go for those. But I mean, with infinite magnum and infinite rocket launcher, we're just going to pour noobs all the way through it. Yeah. I've had a I've had a whale of a time with that game, so I'm not going to touch on it too much. Cause I've spoken about it a lot. Uh, but yeah, I had a had a fantastic time on Resi Five. Um, other than that, sticking with kind of shooter type things, I went back to Killzone 2. Yeah. Um, I, kind, I kind of got a bit flamed on Twitter the other day because I hadn't really been playing it. And uh, I only got to Chapter 3 when I first bought it and played Chapter 4 the other day. But it's just something that's not clicking with me. Um, it's an enjoyable game. I mean, it's it's got good shooting mechanics. It's... Uh, it's got beautiful graphics. It looks yeah. stunning, but there's just something that's not clicking. I don't know if it's the movement of the character. Like he feels like a pig wading through mud made out of superglue. Yeah, and it's just, a little bit. It kind of, it's like you're swimming through the air as you walk in, and it's, I don't know, it's just slightly off-putting. It doesn't have the quick reaction times of like the halos and the cods and, and stuff like that. And, but it's still really, really enjoyable, and it is my mission to get it finished. I tried the online a bit again the other day, and that's still really good fun, but. It's, it's just something about it that's just not clicking with me. Um, yeah. Hoping to to ha- perhaps have it completed by the next podcast so we can have an, a little bit more of a chat about it. But yeah, I did get completely flamed that I hadn't been yeah. playing it much. Does it like stay with that? It kind of looks a little bit gloomy. Like I think I know it looks yeah, it it's visually attractive. It's a bit. It reminds me of a bit like when I played the first Gears. Like you, you yeah. just want a bit of colour in it. And even though it's not the kind of game where you would expect, you know, bright reds and oranges and, and yellows and things like that, it 
it's just such a depressing palette yeah. to play through. Because don't you think, like, if it had that contrast at some point, if you got to something that was really bright mm. or something, that difference between, like, the real gloom and then coming out into... Like, I'm not saying it would go into, like, jungle or something, but just having that contrast of it, like, I feel like... Yeah, I think it it just needs something. Um, I, I mean, like I said, the control system doesn't help, and then the, the gloomy graphics, like you say, it, it, it doesn't really make it a particularly inviting game to no. play. And it's one of those things that... If, it, even though when you're playing it, you are enjoying it, there's a part of you that's just thinking, right, as soon as I get to the end of this chapter, I'm just going to put it down for half an hour to an hour, and then I might come back to it. Yeah. And normally I just get distracted, but I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that it's just quite a, just a depressing game to play in a way, but it might be because I'm not hugely far through it as well. Yeah, and it, it really does remind me, looks-wise, of Black. Oh, yeah. It uh, plays a lot like Black as well, though. I mean, yeah. There's certain weapons, especially when you get the Hellgas weapons, and... Because like, if you play, I can't remember what the good guys' names are, but when you play as them, you've got proper laser sights like the green yeah. dot from COD 4 and things like that. And But when you play as Hellgast, it's all iron sights. And yeah. when you play as them, it really does feel like black. You literally feel like you're just spraying bullets left, right and centre. And, yeah. and I think if it played a little bit more like black, like just complete carnage, it might even be a bit more fun as well. Because one of the other things that I've got a bit of a problem with, in a way I like it, and in a way I don't, and I'll try and explain myself, is... It's all just like corridors of kill boxes. Yeah. So you literally just run down some stairs, you run out into a section, and then say it's a courtyard, you have to like fight off three or four waves of enemies, and you run down a corridor, then you get to another courtyard, and you have to fight off waves of enemies, which is fun because that's what you're there for. You're there to shoot people. That's the aim of the game. But it does get a little bit tedious. And yeah. it, it's, it kind of plays on really classic and retro feels where you kind of like wipe out the first guy, first lot of guys and they've all just got assault rifles and then the next lot of guys come in and then they've got grenades then the third lot of guys come in and they've got mech suits and it just feels a little bit like stale gameplay in a pretty wrapper which is is not a great thing but the gameplay is still fun um, it's just something that's not really attracted me to wanting to play it I keep like looking at Killzone 2 and thinking no I'll play Little Big Planet if I'm yeah. going to play my Playstation yeah we've both had a little bit of this recently though haven't we where we're Kind of, some games feel a little bit more like work than, than others. Yeah. And, um, but it is enjoyable. Like for anyone who's uh, w- like when we was mentioning Black, there. If anyone doesn't know, by the way, that's a really good like Xbox original Xbox game. Um, is it Criterion? It was Criterion that made it. It's actually on Xbox Originals, isn't oh, it? Right. On the it's Dash. on Xbox Originals. And I think you can pick it up for like yeah. a five or ten dollars on on eBay. Like yeah, that. it's definitely worth playing. Um, the cutscene kind of bits are pretty awful, but the actual gameplay yeah. is nice. But I mean, it was one of those games that where it was just all about the game, the gunplay, yeah. wasn't it? It was like just spray bullets left, right, and centre, and just destroy everything in your path. And I think that's what Killzone Two could have been, and maybe we'll see a bit more of that from Killzone Three. But who knows? Depends on whether that's even on this PlayStation or maybe the next one. Um, other than other than Killzone Two, I've spent a lot of time on my DS uh, yeah. again. Uh, because obviously we've just had Easter weekend as well. We're recording this on, on Tuesday, just after the bank holidays and Good Friday and everything. So over the weekend, I spent some time around family, so I tend to take my DS while I'm travelling. Um, so I played a, a fuck-ton of Henry Hatsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, I swear, it's, it's the most fun game on, on the DS at the moment for me. Um, I played it a lot more, uh, and if anyone's noticed, I have put a review up, uh, and it was quite a favourable review as well. It's such an enjoyable game, A, because of the way it plays, but B, because it's actually really in-depth if you want it to be in-depth. I don't know how much of it you've played. 
Uh, yeah, I played, played a, a little bit of it, probably about an hour or so at the moment. So you yeah. like get the idea of the gameplay. I really yeah. enjoy that. Because it's things like, for anyone who's read the review and, and heard us talk about it before, I'll, I'll recap anyway. Like, obviously, you've got the top screen, which is the platformer, and the bottom screen, which is the puzzle. There's things like, on the top screen, if you fire your gun and the bullet is on its way to the enemy, if you quickly flick into the puzzle mode, the bullet stays in the air. Yeah. And then as you wipe away blocks, the bullet gets bigger and bigger and bigger, oh, and it turns into cool. like a super bullet. Yeah. So then when you flick back to the platform and this super bullet just casts its way across the screen and just wipes out everyone. And it's little things like that. So when you're in the boss battles and you're thinking, you know, crap, this is quite hard. How am I going to do it? You know that you can use the puzzle screen for your, to your advantage. Yeah. And it was when I found that I could do that, I, I started to enjoy it more. Um, is that something you found out kind of by accident? Or yeah. does it go for it? No, yeah, right. it was totally by accident. It was, I think it was literally... The, Maybe I was, I think I was shooting and then noticed that there was enemies coming up into the top screen, so I quickly flicked. Uh, But like, as you go through the game, you can change your gun into bombs, so you throw bombs at the enemies instead. And like, if you've got a bomb and you throw it out and then flick to the bottom screen, the bomb gets bigger and bigger and then turns into like a big square bomb with a skull and crossbones on. Oh, nice. And it, it literally is the best way to play it because, let's say you chuck out an ordinary bomb at an enemy, it will do like a one times multiplier hit. If you flick down to the puzzle screen and build up the bomb to its maximum, it will do like 16 hits instead of one. So when you play like that, you start to find that Hatsworth is actually really quite tactical. And that's the way you're getting through the levels and getting through the boss battles. And as soon as I found that, it was infinitely more fun. Yeah, so it's got like that extra depth. Um, I think the thing that we kind of mentioned before that's worth mentioning, though, is that I think a lot of people like kind of looked at it thinking it's um, like a bit like a Professor Layton kind of thing. Yeah, we did talk about that before. Yeah, we said about this. And I think... Like from the little bit extra I've played, and maybe you'll be able to comment. Like I haven't mm. played through it now. Um, is it does it definitely stay towards that kind of thing that it's more catering towards people who maybe are a little bit more used to like playing, like not really the casual gamer, but more towards? Oh, it's definitely. No, I think it's definitely towards the hardcore gamer. Yeah. I mean, I think as it starts. Uh, I mean, we've had a conversation before. In fact, I think we had the conversation a little while ago when we were talking about community games that pretty much anyone can play a Mario-based game. Yeah. So anyone can play a platformer, but. The, the problem with Henry Hatsworth is right at the very beginning, it is relatively easy to play. And as soon as you kind of get to the second world, it becomes really difficult. And it's almost pixel-perfect jumping. Um, so I think like, if you were to go out and buy it for a child or for someone who doesn't play a lot of games, they would get very frustrated very quickly. I was chatting to someone on Twitter the other day, um, and he, I was talking about how I was reviewing it, and he said that his wife was actually playing it as, as I was Twittering. And I said about how it is so difficult, it made me want to snap my DS <laughs> at times. And he did actually say that she'd said that she was she did want to throw her DS at certain points. So I think it's definitely a game that you've got to really work hard at. It brings back traditional platforming, like Mega Man style platforming, where it is it is very difficult and it is pixel perfect jumping. Yeah, you do have to rely on skill. Does does that bit obviously get a fair bit harder? Because obviously like, yeah, I've definitely. played the early bits and like the early platforming does start off like very yeah. easy. Really. It's very it's simple it's at like, the beginning. Yeah, but so. I mean as you go along, the bosses are space. They're huge bosses. You're, you're literally talking. You you come on the left hand side of the screen. You've got tiny little Henry Hatsworth and a massive boss that yeah. fills up the entire screen and they are throwing normally sort of 12 to 14 different attacks at you. So you've got to memorize the pattern sometimes, or you've got to look at the way they're moving to know how they're going to attack you. And it's going from that sort of perspective, that's where it becomes difficult. But it's still an insanely fun game. And I think anyone who's got a DS, like literally in the UK, it's only like 19 quid, 18, is 19 it? Yeah. quid. So it's, it's so worth buying. I don't know how much it is in the States or anywhere else, but 
if you've got a DS and you like platforming games or, and puzzle games, then go out and buy it. It's superb. There's one last thing I'd add as well. I was interested, like, it seems as if they could have a mini game. And I know this kind of defeats part of the game, but it seems like there could be a mini game where you just play the puzzle game. Like, yeah. just for, like, you know it, what I mean? Like, it it's, it's not the whole going to be the whole game, but it would be an interesting yeah. way that you could either just play the platform or just play the mini game as, as just some You definitely part. could, because, like, as you go through the game, different enemies do different things on the bottom screen. Like, there's a certain boss you come up to, and he i'm not going to spoil anything because it is actually quite a funny story but there's one that uses a singing voice to attack you and the music notes go down onto the bottom screen and they affect the blocks in different ways and there's one also that grows beanstalks out of the blocks so you can you can't move that block at all you can only move everything else around it and that's where I think, yeah, you could do it like that. You could yeah, bring out could just that puzzle game. And like as you're going along, they bring in the different ones because you've got some that are like the space of four blocks and you have to then line them up and get rid of that massive block to, yeah. uh, to, to kind of open up the puzzle. So I think they definitely could do that. It could be, be all sorts of stuff. It could be some carp stuff. But yeah, really interesting game. But one other thing I'll add as well, I don't want to stay on it for too long, but one thing I did find is that when I first started playing it, I was playing everything on the buttons. I wasn't using the stylus at all because yeah. I found it, a lot easier and because you can use like i think it's the the a and b buttons move the puzzle blocks left and right in the puzzle mode but i was listening to another podcast i think it was rebel fm or something like that and someone was talking about henry hatsworth and how they were holding the stylus and playing the game and i was playing it last night to test it out and it is actually so much easier because you you find that you're moving the puzzle moving the puzzle pieces like 50 percent faster yeah because i play um uh, Planet Puzzle League, which is basically yeah, the same puzzle version. Sort of thing, really. That's stylus only, and you yeah. get really, really used to that. I think going between the buttons and the stylus, even though it is awkward, because obviously you've got to use the buttons to platform, and then you've got to use the the, you know, the stylus for the puzzle, I think it's awkward because you've got to hold it. It would have been nice maybe if they'd had a little section where you could have just tapped the screen and maybe they just rotated. So like maybe use the stylus in a platforming kind of way, yeah, whether yeah. they could have done that. Um, but yeah, so I would say if you're going to play it, I would you know try and get hold of sort of holding the stylus in your hand and playing on the ds um another ds game i've been playing i haven't played a lot of it but i want to mention it because it's it's outstanding so far is broken sword all right yeah um i i started playing it a couple of days ago and uh i adored broken sword when it came out on the ps1 i never played it on the pc because i wasn't i've never really been a pc gamer um but it is fantastic to play on the ds um we were having a conversation a little while ago and i said that it's it suits the ds because it's like reading a book because obviously it's point and click adventure and it is just like reading a book and i just think the way they've recreated the game in terms of reanimating it redrawing it um and putting in the new control system it just plays so well you you can't get away from the fact that it's an awesome game to play on the ds really yeah, it seems like it's a, a really well thought out remake because obviously fitting well on the ds one thing the touchscreen is always going to be great yeah, for definitely. for any kind of like point and click kind of adventure. Um, and the art style has kind of, has been revamped a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been. I think it's been completely redrawn by Dave Gibbons, who's the artist on Watchmen. Yeah. Um, but it, it's. I think the thing that blows me away the most is the the control system. Because when I first heard about it, I thought, well, how easy is it going to be to double click a stylus and and things like that? And the way you control it is, say, you want to pick up something on a table, is that you'll hold the stylus on the say the keys on the table and it will kind of do a little circle that's moving around for about a second and then it will bring up an an eyeball and like a set of cogs yeah and then if you sort of slide the stylus up to the eyeball as soon as the eyeball blinks 
then you, you basically lift the stylus off and that's yep. how to look at something and then same with the cogs you drift down to the cogs and when they start turning you'll then pick it up or you'll interact with it and it also has like a hand doing a grabbing motion where you can actually pick something and take it um but i just thought that was really really good and i was just sitting there getting so engrossed like time was just flying past me and i was getting further and further into broken sword and it's the storyline is still really good i mean it was all about the templars yep. Not in a shit Dan Brown way, but it, I mean, it's a really well-written story. It's like I say, it's beautifully drawn, and I think again, it's one of those games. If you've got a DS and you like point and clicks, why not get it? Yeah. Um, we were talking about. I don't want to keep plugging other podcasts, but I will plug John Davison because the man is, is a, a god in terms yeah. of writing and uh, and podcasting. But John Davison was saying that this could be the gateway for people like LucasArts to bring all their classic point and clicks to the DS, even though you say that it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Or if it does, they'll rip us off for all our money. Yeah, I would love it to ha- I would love it to happen. I'm not sure if they'd ever get around to doing that. It all depends on, like, how successful something like this is. Yeah. Um, because the thing that I was just thinking is, like we said before, like, it'd be nice if they did, like, a pack of Monkey Island games and stuff like that. And one thing is, is that I definitely don't think... That they'll have a number of games in one one collection on no, a cartridge. because so, we were saying it would be lovely for LucasArts to bring out the collection, but I just don't yeah, think it's really going to happen. If, if they did, like the, as the long Monkey as they bring Island out stuff. Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango, and Monkey Island, I'll be a happy man. Yeah, I can see. I, like, and as well, if they were doing Discworld, some, I want to see yeah. Discworld on it. I know that's not LucasArts, but I want to see Discworld on there as well. Yeah, because I think the other thing though is that I'd love Grim Fandango, but because that was going towards the ones that kind of went 3D yeah. and like moving around with a <coughs> using like the keys rather than the total point yeah. click. I'm not sure if that would happen. I'd love to see, yeah, Day of the Tentacle would be awesome. Definitely. And um, yeah, so where are we going to go on from here? Um, well, we'll move on from DS games. The last game I've really got to talk about, uh, which we're going to cover a little bit later in the show in one of our newer sections. Um, I finally got through the pit yeah. for, uh, for Fallout 3. And uh, I hope no one from Bethesda is going to listen to this. <laughs> Because uh, I've got to say, it was probably one of the most poor DLC packs I've played for quite some time. Um, I played Operation Anchorage, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was about three, three and a half hours long, and it was just really nice the way it played, because even though it was relatively linear, that it it wasn't like sort of so open world that you were going to get lost. Whereas the pit, they've, they've basically just picked you up, dumped you in a whole new area and gone, right, find your way. And that sort of really frustrated me a little bit. Um, it doesn't really seem as user-friendly as the rest of Fallout. It's really difficult to say. It's, it's difficult to really put my finger on why the pit didn't work. I think it might have possibly been because they took you out of Capital Wasteland, so you were a bit lost. Yeah. And finding your way around the pit is quite difficult. But it, it if if people thought that Operation Anchorage was like linear in the detail that it had in it, then the pit is supremely, it's much more linear because it's, it only literally gives you like two missions, three missions. Oh. Uh, the first one is go and find some steel ingots in in this massive steel area, uh, which is where you come across the trogs, which are like the new enemy, um, which are basically like, well, I don't know, they're difficult to really describe. They're, they're a bit like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, yeah. but on crack. Um, so they just, and they're so easy to kill as well. I mean, even uh, with the guns that you get in the steel mill, like you walk around and you find a pistol or you find a, a submachine gun, they're relatively easy to kill with them. And then you find all these ingots, take them back to a guy, and then you're on the main mission. It, and then from that point onwards, you just have one really, really long mission. And 
it's really not that much fun. It just seems like it seems like such a letdown. Uh, speaking a little bit about this to you before that, both of us really love Fallout Three. Oh, it's super, and, uh, and many people who have played it, everyone's loved it, and like love the freedom and stuff like that. And then it just seems with both pieces of content, although probably like from well, go from what you're saying, Operation Anchorage was maybe a slightly bit better yeah, than the pit. Definitely. But that one as well kind of went off the scheme towards more of a shooting game style, didn't it, the first one? And then this one has obviously lacked some of um, the sort of open-worldness that we're used to it. And um, it just does seem very strange. It's like interesting that maybe maybe it seems that they're trying out to see as an experiment what people like rather than yeah, giving I them more of what they want. I said that when, when Operation Anchorage was, when it came out. I think I spoke to you about it and I've spoken to other friends that... When Operation Anchorage came out, there was a there was kind of a mechanic they put into the game where you could hire a little squad, like you had these tokens and you put these tokens uh, like into a machine and you could hire certain members of the squad to go out around Anchorage and support you. And I said then that it felt like Bethesda were testing the waters for maybe a, maybe a, a squad based RPG in the future, and it feels like this might also be part of just a little experiment. And it I it kind of felt like a guinea pig when I was playing it because. Like I think one of the, one of the other things that let me down about the pit was I kind of went into it thinking, great, whole new area, all new people. But I, I left it thinking, I just wish they'd put all these people into the Capital Wasteland. I, I felt like maybe people from Pittsburgh should have migrated down to the Capital Wasteland to do something there. And then you went out and did all the quests rather than you were forced to go into this new area, which, to be fair, isn't particularly well designed it looks incredibly bland i mean graphically it's still gorgeous but it's just the same textures it's the same walls the same floors same areas um all the people look pretty much the same all the slaves are dressed the same all the raiders are dressed the same you've got a half-assed melee weapon that they've put in i mean the amount of people i've spoken to about fallout 3 if you use a melee weapon it's fucking rare yeah. So why the hell they thought to put a new melee weapon in is beyond me. Great, it's a fantastic weapon, don't get me wrong. Putting a, an auto axe into somebody and watching them die is, is like carnage. But I, I don't actually use melee weapons, so I sort of tested it, put it down, picked up a gun. Because that's what Fallout 3 is. You know, it's all about the guns. That why, why would they have done it that way? But I think as you go through the missions, you just start to feel like something's missing. It's almost like they've got a really small team and said, right, go, you go and work on Operation Anchorage, get another small team, you go and work on the pit, but the rest of us, all the rest of the 80% of the crew, we're going to work on the proper DLC, which is the level cap one, which is yeah. the one that everyone's waiting for. Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking forward to that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, my kind of feelings at the moment is really like where it's been a bit of a letdown, these two pieces. I almost feel like someone, like I played, I finished the game in about sort of 40 hours, yeah, round yeah. about there, so there's a fair bit of stuff that I can still do, yeah, and I feel like it's I'm better off exploring just what I haven't found so far mm-hmm. in Fallout Three, and like finding like uh, the other vaults. And um, I haven't been to like the UFO, and like yeah, just yeah, exploring yeah. some more. I feel like I'm better off exploring more of the world until that next piece comes out, really, than paying for this content at the moment. I think one of the things that Bethesda did wrong, which and I don't know why they did it, but from speaking to a lot of people on Twitter and on message boards and things like that, a lot of people have said that. Bethesda should have maybe gone down the route of Blizzard with like with each DLC or expansion, if you want to call it, that they should have maybe raised the level cap slightly as you were going on, because then at least you would have felt like you were doing something towards yeah, your got character. Some new skills. Yeah, so like maybe that. like on Operation Anchorage, they could have said you've gone from twenty to twenty-one, 
then on the pit maybe 21 to 23 and then the last level cap then raise it to 30 because yeah, at nice. least that way you would have actually been progressing whereas i just felt like i was a wasting the xp that i was earning and b just kind of wasting the time on the character it was more it, it's more like they're just feeding you just little drips while you're waiting for that big big expansion which is obviously going to be the last one yeah and do we know when that's going to be out yeah, no or... there's still no news i think it's next month they're finally going to drop it um i know it was delayed at one point i think it's going to drop next month but i mean the review is going to go up on the website and but i mean if anyone was to say to me is it worth 800 points no it's not operation anchorage uh, a stretch was worth 800 this one no it's not it's not worth 800 400 maybe but definitely definitely not 800 points. Bit of a shame though, yeah it's really. a real shame because i love my fallout 3 so hopefully touch wood the next one would be better. Cool. All right. So that's we, me. Yeah, should we go into some of my stuff now? Yeah, go. What have you been playing? All right. Um, Cheer me up. Yeah, I've been... Well, first of all, I'll start off one cheering up. Um, I've been seeing a bit of the news about the new Boom Blocks that's coming out. Yeah, which yeah. Which is uh, Bash Party, I think. That's really good. And um, I've played a lot of the original Boom Blocks on the Wii. Um, but And uh, there was a fair bit that I could still do. It's quite, there's quite yeah. a few levels well, Explain stuff. it to me. I mean, I'm, I'm a Wii... I'm a Wii virgin if you can yeah. say it. I, I don't own a Wii at the moment. I, I did own a Wii. I got rid of it. So explain, what does Boobnox actually do? What is it about? Right. It's a little bit weird because, um, first of all, it's the first uh, Spielberg game. Right, yeah. That is interesting. And, um, so it's got dinosaurs and aliens in it. <laughs> yeah, so you'd imagine. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people might have thought before it come out that it's coming out. But basically, the main gist of the game is uh, part of it is you use the Wiimote and using a throwing motion, you throw a ball at um, blocks. You imagine like building blocks that kids use to build up a tower. Yeah. And you have to, like, some of the levels will be like, you would have to, there'll be a structure and you kind of have a little look around it and then um, you decide where you're going to throw the ball and, like, you get a gold medal for knocking everything down in one ball. Right. And then bronze for two and three. So that's how it starts. And then later things will be introducing new blocks, like blocks that explode or blocks that when they hit each other explode and things like that. Um, And then there's another part, which is... um, like kind of like Jenga, where you're using the Wiimote to like pick blocks and like pull them out of the right. tower in order to do like pass various puzzles. So it's like little that each level is nice and short. You could like have a quick go. If you mess up, you can like retry. If you get like a bronze medal, you can continue, or you can try and get the higher medals. And just it's really simple, good fun. Like the Wii controls work really nice. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a part where you can create levels as well, so you can use the blocks to do. All right. Uh, to make your own levels for people to have a go have at. Have you tried making your own levels? Of, um, yeah, I had a little go, and I've seen some of the stuff that other people have created as mm-hmm. well. And as you can imagine, it, as with a level editor, you imagine you've got various different kind of blocks and that, and you just kind of like build a structure and you decide. Oh, right. And you can just do something where maybe you just like mess around, you just do something, and it's just surprising how fun it is to just like have these objects oh. and destroy them. And then there is a, a kind of, there's like a main mode which is just like little puzzles and there's loads of them and then there's another part which is um, a bit like a story mode kind of thing and that'll be like, it starts off with things like, an example of one would be there'll be a structure and there'll be like a bridge made out of these blocks mm-hmm. and there'll be obstacles and there'll be like a gorilla character on one side, right? which is like the mother gorilla and then there's some children gor- gorillas on the other side and you have to knock the blocks out the way without destroying the bridge oh, right. so that okay. the it can get across to children and doing it within a certain time limit awards you with the medals. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely recommend Where I'll did recommend Spielberg it. come in, do you think? Well, he the, apparently this was his idea of the game was that he just wanted to create a game that's simple and fun for right. like a family to play. And it was, I imagine it's, it almost seems as if 
I don't know how much his involvement was, but if this was like fully his idea, that he just wanted to create a game that him and his family could play. Right. So it wasn't to do with doing like this big blockbuster, massive special effects, like a Gears of War kind of huge yeah. epic thing. But um, just, yeah, simple game, really nice. I'll get you to have a play of it sometime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, have some comments. But um, then as well, you've got like the new versions coming out. It's going to add some bits, and I think they're going to... Um, improve the sharing of the levels that you can create and right. stuff so it seems like every level you can play in the new version um you'll also when you click on the level you can choose to download what other people have done and what the team have done mm-hmm. within that level so oh, right, it seems pretty interesting yeah that, that sounds fantastic you have to give us a verdict when a new one comes out yeah yeah definitely uh, i think it's coming out this spring and uh people will be able to see some stuff and it's Excellent. definitely looking interesting all right so what else um been playing some burnout I play a lot of Burnout. I'm not sure how much I've spoken about it. You do play a lot of Burnout. But, um, yeah, I really do enjoy it. And I've been quite interested because obviously they've had the content over time. Yep. Just kind of looking at what they're doing. Um, I've nearly got my Elite license, um, which is uh, probably, I've probably played it as long as I've played Fallout 3, really. Really? In total. So it's probably nice. around 30. So how far are you away from Elite? Hours. How many races now, John? I think about 14 races well, not many, from then. Elite. The only part I don't like about where it's got to is I don't know if anyone's played a bit. Every junction on the island it's fully open world burnout paradise obviously and at every junction there's an event and as you go through your licenses in the early licenses if you just want to do all races you can do all races and pass enough to get onto your next license and then they kind of like respawn all the events and you go through uh the only slightly annoying thing about getting your elite one is that i'm not a massive fan of the uh, road rage events Mm mm-hmm and my favorite yeah yeah your favorite i kind of prefer just like straight races some of the stunt stuff yeah like mark man's quite cool um but when you have to do some like i have to do if i want to get this elite license i have to do some of the events i don't like so much and it's quite like a road rage event takes quite a while like the last one i did was um 36 takedowns so it's going to take quite a while to to go through that it's not just like a little two minute thing yeah you can go through it um, but yeah, the game, like, I'm still loving the game. I, I do really enjoy it. Multiplayer is awesome. And um, they've obviously, um, they had a lot of free content, and now they're doing these car packs mm-hmm. and things. Um, and the one thing I'd say about that is that we both got the legendary car packs. Yeah, legendary car packs. Straight also. away. That was, and um, maybe a little bit more money than we originally wanted to, but there'd been yeah. so much free content, you kind of had this, like, good faith. And it was worth it just for the DeLorean. Yeah, yeah the DeLorean's awesome. Um, I, I wish the Knight Rider car was the old one, but the yeah, new yeah. one is still cool. It's a yeah. great car to drive in the game. Um, and the thing I was thinking is that now they bring out the toy car pack yep. and the boost specials. And it's almost getting towards that point that I'm very grateful for all the free content. But the price you're paying, I th- I'm not sure if it drops in price because the toy car pack for all of them is a thousand points. Right. Now. And then you get, it must be about nine, ten vehicles okay. in that. So it's a fair few and they're like a good laugh, but still a thousand points is a That's lot of money you can spend on other things. Yeah, definitely. And then um, the boost specials is 640 points for both of them. Okay. Or 400 points each, I think. That's still a lot of money for yeah. a car. Yeah, and it's for one car. Like, I'm, I'm used to buying. I know it's a discounted price, but I'm sure I got some of the Forza 2 car packs for 400 points mm-hmm. and the Gotham pack for about that as well, yeah. which got you a number of really nicely modelled cars. So it seems a little bit steep. Um, but do you think maybe, staying on that for a second, do you think maybe they're recouping their money now? Well, Because they gave heard... away so much for free. I mean, a thousand points for some cars is a lot. Do you think yeah. maybe they're recouping on the downloads that we've already um, had? 
Well, my thoughts, like, I'd heard rumours that what it was was the first year, what they called, like, the year of paradise, where everything was free and you got the bikes pack, you got, um, like, all new events in multiplayer and all of that stuff. I, the rumour I'd heard was that was kind of Criterion's in control and just they was allowed to do whatever they want. And then uh, and then after this year was over, this is just a rumour, though, mm. that um, EA wanted to test with... So the yeah. the car packs and testing the price and then I, I and then there was this rumor was saying that they're going to compare towards the downloads just to see whether it's worthwhile giving it away for free to, because you obviously get keep yeah. get selling the box or whether if you charge for it people just get it anyway which is a fair point like they 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 want to make money at the end of the day and yeah. if and if the same amount of people download it when it costs money as the ones who don't then like. That's what they're going to do. It makes well, business yeah, sense. Definitely. Um, the newest thing to come out is going to be Cops and Robbers. Yeah, really. I was reading a little bit about this. I don't know a lot, though. Yeah, this is, um, as far as I can tell, it's, um, what it is is that somewhere you'll have cops and robbers on a map. Um, you get new skins for every single car in the game. Nice. New police skins. And um, they've done it so that, like, if a car's like looks like, because they're obviously not official cars, but if it looks like a Japanese car, it, mm. then the police kind of skin for it is Japanese style oh, police right. skin nice. the British cars have got the kind of like Excellent. the British cop car look and the American ones have got the American so that's quite that's nice good. yeah that's and a lot of saying, detail yeah and considering it's every single car in the game has got now a yeah. skin you just choose your favourite car and you've got the police skin I like that and um, the robbers I imagine just have normal cars it's a possibility I'm not totally sure that they may have the black cars like the Mark right. or something but I, I wouldn't take my word for that no. it's just a guess and then from what they've said is that somewhere in the level there will be a, like a pack of gold. Right. And the police cars will be trying to pick up that pack of gold and get it to the, a safe place on the island. And they say it's like the owners of the gold. I imagine it's the kind of stuff like when you have the normal events and you finish at the Wildcat Stadium yeah. or things. So you, they've got to get to that. And the robbers have got to get the gold somewhere else. Right, So okay. then you've got this little multiplayer. Like, that sounds like game. really good fun. So it's kind of like, I guess it's like Capture the Flag or something yeah, like that yeah. for cars. And it, so that sounds quite cool. Waiting, yeah. waiting the price on that. I, um, if the price comes out at a decent price point for that, I think I'll definitely get that. Yeah, so I think it, it would add, I think it would also bring even more people back to burnout. Yeah, I think it's something different. Yeah, because we tried out, um, we wanted to try out some of like the little mission modes yeah, in Mobile, did, and that yeah. was really good laugh. There's some real interesting yeah. things. I'd actually like to do that more with some, like get some more friends together. And yeah, do we'll that get the fun. community to, towards it at some point. Yeah, if so if, if people have got burnout, do message, do message us because we'd like to. Like, we'd, I'll definitely have a mess around with that. And if this yeah. cops and robbers is a, a like a reasonable price. Um, I think I'd definitely be interested in in getting some of that going, and then yeah. in the future we've got the islands uh, coming out, and like we'll speak about that as we know some more about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else? So um, the other thing I played a Red Faction demo. Ah, uh, same here. Yeah, which is um, people can go. It's THQ, yeah. Yeah, you need to go to THQ. I mean, I don't know how many. Basically, it's a beta key demo for some really weird reason. I don't know why they didn't just launch it on on Xbox Live and PSN. But you have to go over to THQ. You have to sign up for an account there um, and ask for a beta key. They give you a key. You type it into your marketplace or your PSN. Uh, and download it there. Yeah, and it's, um, I don't know from what part of the game it is. It's, uh, I imagine it's quite early on. Yeah, I would say it's relatively early. Yeah, and there's a bit of a tutorial bit. And uh, anyone who's obviously played the original Red Factions will know about that um, it's the Geomod technology where yeah. you can like break through walls, you can like smash up buildings. With a hammer this time. Yeah, yeah, there's like a, a weird kind of sledgehammer you can use that's incredibly powerful yeah, for it hammers. Is, yeah, um, so. But I, I think that we've got slightly different views. This I personally think this is going to be a bit like 
in terms of quality wise, I'm guessing like Mercenaries Two kind of thing. That's uh, how I think it, because I just I like <laughs> I played through this first level and as fun as it was with the GM mod stuff. I like. I can't see this being an amazing game. Oh from no! This see, demo. we do differ here because yeah. I really enjoyed it to the point where I've now played it like three or four times. Um, I, I managed to hook up a couple of people in the community with a, with a few codes, um, and I've got some reasonably decent feedback from people. People are enjoying it, and I said on Twitter that it felt like Saints Row Two on Mars with no pimps, and that's to me exactly how it plays. And I fucking adore Saints Row 2 so I am going to be slightly biased but yeah. I really enjoyed it it was really good fun and it was it's, when I first played it I'm going to admit I died a lot and then I kind of like stopped just running in and throwing explosives everywhere and started playing it properly and when I did that it was even more fun it's yeah. it's just a really good game and your comparison to Mercs 2 I totally understand your comparison there and I would agree but then I enjoyed Mercs 2 as well yeah I think that like as well, like just as a little bit of an explanation for people who haven't played it, um, the, the difference obviously between this and the original, like there's Red Faction One and Two. Yeah. Were they both PS2 games? Yeah. They were both PS2. They games. were first-person games. Yeah. This is third-person. Um, like the character movement, I guess it's a, it's a bit more like it's like a Gears of War, but a lot more nimble. Your character, it's like yeah. Movements a lot. Um, there is a cover mechanic, isn't there? Yeah, it's, I mean, to be honest, anyone out there that has played Saints Row 2, it plays exactly yeah. like Saints Row 2. On Mars. Uh, <laughs> on Mars with no pimps. Um, but, but yeah, there's a basic cover mechanic and the shootings. It's basically like any other third-person game you play, except you can destroy fucking everything in it. Yeah. Which, again, reminds me of Mercs 2. Yeah, it seems nice. The, the one thing I do wonder, like, there's obvious... The, the problem that's always been, and uh, like Fracture did this to an extent, this kind of deformation. Yeah. And like, the problem I always wonder is that you're in an open world game, like say you like you playing Saints Row or Grand Theft Auto. Obviously, there's like places you come back to, yeah, like a number of times. There's like hub places, and yeah. the, the thing I do wonder is that you kind of like I was chucking like, explosives everywhere. Yeah, like there's the these satchel charges you can just like lob up in there, a bit like a grenade, but they like stick to built yeah. walls and things like that, and then you can detonate them with a button press. And like they do do uh, do like do a lot of damage, and I just do wonder if like this. Like if there's a hub world or places I'll go, whether the destruction will stay there because it seems strange that maybe I could go back to an area and like I, I would imagine that that first area, if I was going like there was a hub there and I kept going back, mm. that that place would just be leveled. There'd it be nothing. Be, yeah. There'd be nothing. It's no difficult because a lot of people said to me, "Is it an open world game?" And we have been told by THQ that it. I mean, it is an open world game, but I don't know how it's going to actually work in the full game. I I'd like I don't know if you've got any hub worlds to go to or whether you just move your way through and expand. Yeah, you may map. well progress across across um, Because it would be difficult if you did go in and destroy an entire building. Because I mean the mission that's in the demo you have to steal a walker yeah. at the end of it's it. Like a and, huge mech robot yeah, kind of thing, And it? literally the moment you walk out the entire building that it was in just pretty much collapses because yeah. you just walk through the wall. And I can I can't see that you would be able to go back to that section unless they've got like robots that build it within the hour of you being gone um but i think if you take it take the game it's one of those games you're going to have to take with a pinch of salt yeah you're going to have to basically play it switch your mind off and just cause some carnage because it's just an all-out fun game like when you get into that mech the fact that you can slam stuff on the floor and you can actually punch cars away i was in my element because it's almost like that mech reminds me if uh, people have seen the first Alien film. It's almost yeah. like that that kind of Walker mech with it the big is, arms, yeah. like the loader kind of thing. But, but it's actually a bit bigger. bigger. Yeah. So a mixture between that and like one of those huge 
building site cranes. Yeah, definitely. Like a little... Yeah, because you do actually kind of like go up and get into yeah, its head. Into I think cabin. it's it's definitely going to be a fun game. Whether it's like a AAA groundbreaking title, we, we'll see. But it's unlikely. But I think it's just going to be a fun game. And if if you the demo's UK only or it's EU only, so if you're in the UK, get over to THQ, download the demo, and just have a go, and give us some feedback. Tell us what you think because I really enjoyed it. I think you're on the fence. Like the only thing that could that could have really promoted this game or really took it up to the next level is if it had co-op, which at the moment I don't think it does. Mm, yeah, and nice. I think had it had co-op, it would just be brilliant. Running around on Mars, blowing stuff up is always going to be fun. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see when the full game's out. We'll see what it's like. Okay. And um, like the last thing I'll say, we're going to wrap up this section in a minute, I think. Mm. Um, my voice was uh, drowning out quite a lot last episode in certain segments. Um, but I got you to play a little bit of Tatsunoko versus Capcom, which oh, is one of the did. games I was talking about when some people couldn't hear me when we had a few right, technical yeah. issues. But just really quickly, how good is that game? Oh, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. It's so good. And it, I'm going to go all fanboy now because I I love 2D fighters. They're, they're one of my favourite, favourite genres of gaming. And I love Capcom's 2D fighters. I, my favorite, One of my favourite games of all time is Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Dreamcast. And that reminded me of Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And I was like a pig in shit when I was playing that. Because it was just, everything about it was fun. Yeah. You know, and it, I mean, like, I don't know, I don't, can't remember how much you touched on last week. But it, it doesn't feel like it's insanely hard. I mean, I'm sure there's a difficulty level you could whack it up and it would be ridiculous. But it's just good fun. Like when I was playing it, I, I just had a grin on my face and it felt like I was just playing something for a laugh. I wasn't struggling, but I was still taking hits. So I wasn't walking through it. Yeah. But the characters are great. It looks amazing. It, doesn't, it actually doesn't look that similar to fucking Street Fighter 4. No, it is. Like, it's and got it's this, a Wii game. Because to explain, like, probably the best thing to people do, unless we, like, maybe we'll get some yeah, screenshots Yeah, we'll try and hook people up some screenshots. We'll do something. But it looks nice. It's got this kind of, like, really cool, like, 3D cel-shaded look. Yeah. Backgrounds are really amazing. Um, and the controls, like, if you use the classic pad that I was getting you to use... Like you just, there's no like where you got used to other pads, and it's like you can miss fireballs or you do a dragon punch when you're meant to do a fireball if you're like Rio or something. Mm. Using the classic pad on the Wii, it's just yeah, because it's got those little time. notches around the yeah, stick, hasn't it? it? You do actually kind of feel notch, 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 Dragon Ball, you know, yeah. or, or, or or Dragon Punch or Fireball, sorry, and it it makes it feel like you can actually give it to someone who's probably never played Street Fighter and say, right, they say do a fireball and they would be able to do it. Whereas if you did that on like a 360 pad or, or even on an arcade stick, it, they would still find it yeah. difficult. But I just thought that was awesome. In fact, yeah. I've actually said that if I do get a Wii soon, I will definitely be importing that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only shame is that it's an import only game. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's got some Japanese text, but it's pretty easy to work your way work I'm sure way there's, there must be a fact somewhere yeah, that someone can look yeah, up with sure the, the text translated. Yeah, and all the, because it's uh, Capcom, all the, you either got charge characters or everything's yeah. kind of quarter punch and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, definite recommendation and it really highlights that something like this, like if they did a Marvel versus Capcom, like oh. people may have originally thought like Marvel versus Capcom on the Wii, that'll be like shit, basically. Oh, no. But, but from seeing this, they could do something yeah. really special. If they, if they, I know there's been rumblings that they're going to bring back Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on XBLA as their next HD remix. And again, if they do that, I'm going to be such a happy man. But I would actually love to see it on the Wii. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever say that. But to be fair, I mean, we've had this conversation recently that the Wii, I think it might have even been on the podcast, that the Wii might be the next platform for all these big yeah, 2D fighters. Because be even, I was just like, literally, like, now you've played it, 
if they converted Street Fighter 4 across the yeah. system like that, it would just play lovely. And it could be it done because lovely. the graphics are similar. Yeah, yeah. It could easily be done. I mean, for any, we're definitely going to try and get some screenshots up because you people out there are probably thinking that we can't see this. Why is it so good? But it really doesn't look like a Wii game. It looks like it's actually on a proper and this is as well. like next-gen console like the 360 or the PlayStation. Yeah, right? this is as well... With the setup, this isn't like on a, a CRT TV where it all like yeah. kind of curves everything. We're like this is like we played recently. This is a Wii connected to a 32 inch HD TV with the component cables yep. and look really nice. Like Definitely. obviously, like you can see, it's not going to have the exact crispness of something um, on the Xbox. Like when you have a look at like that kind of artwork, like Castle Crashers and stuff. But yeah. really nice, different recommendation. Yeah, definitely. I, I recommend that. Yep, and uh, I think we're going to finish there. We're going to have a little break, and um, we're going to be back with the new segment, which is going to be the high school, low school. So uh, stay with us, and we'll be back in a moment. Okay, welcome back to uh, the High School Podcast, episode three. Um, we are going to move on to a new section now. Basically, we're going to move on to our news section, but we've slightly jazzed it up a little bit just to keep in theme with the website and just to do something slightly different. So we're going to do it in a theme of high score, low score. So we're going to talk about the news and then we're going to say whether it's a high score or a low score, so whether it's a good or bad thing, uh, and we'll just kind of explain our reasons behind it and comment on the news. So Zach's going to tell us what the news is. Uh, and we're going to go from here. We're going, okay, uh, in no particular order. We're going to start off about some Halo 3 news. Yeah, so what was it? Bungie have announced 10 billion, 10 billion covenant kills in campaign. Yeah, which is a pretty big number as Yeah, far as that's I'm definitely aware. a high score. That's definitely <laughs> yeah, a high score. Um, I mean, this is a good thing, though, because it shows people are still playing the campaign. Yeah, I think it's obviously um, the big part of this is going to be uh, the co-op play. Yeah, People definitely. have been coming back to And they've had some achievements, haven't they, where like finishing it with the four players on the ghosts and things like that. Yeah. I think that's going to obviously affect. And um, yeah, it's really good. Like um, obviously people, like you would imagine that a lot of people would have stopped playing maybe the campaign, but there's obviously still people buying the game, still people playing it. And uh, like the multiplayer is still massive and just like a great little story to just, it's great that they've got these stats. That they can yeah. I mean, one, the first thing is that it's amazing that we've got stats like this, because I mean, the fact that, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they could tell us what's happening in multiplayer because we're all online while we're playing it. But the fact that they can track what we're doing in the campaign as well, it's fantastic. I mean, Bungie have got that down perfectly. Yeah. I love the fact that they can turn around and say, you've killed X amount of Covenant, and the fact that we've racked up 10 billion as a, as a worldwide player base is fantastic. Yeah, and um, I guess everyone can look up on the, on the Bungie.net and just see how many kills they've put towards. Yeah, uh, I've already had billion. several people tell me what their score was so far, and I haven't checked my own yet, but I'm, I will. Maybe I'll put it up on the blog, but that's definitely a high score. Yeah, that's no, no, high, high score. score. So what's our next news? Right, we're going to go on to, um, just heard about the Wii Motion Plus, the release date for that. Yeah. Um, in Europe, that is 12th of June, that it's coming out on its own in the 12th of June. Okay. And then on the 24th of July, so that's over a month later, you'll be able to get it bundled with Wii Sports 2. Okay, so is this a high score or a low well, score? Well, I think this is, I think it's high score that you don't have to buy Wii Sports 2 if you don't yeah, want it. Like, that's good. People are getting it. The, we've got the US price, which is $20. We're guessing sort of around £15 over here. Yeah, I mean, it's going on sort of the, the regular trade-off. I think we're probably going to be given almost a like for like. So I'm saying, I, I personally will say, I reckon it's going to be at minimum £15. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they just say, sodger, 20 quid. Yeah, so, um, but that is, it's good news it's coming out. You don't have to get it with the game. 
Uh, the only slightly little low score I'm going to say for this mm. is that because it's not coming out on day and date with uh, Wii Sports 2, that the launch game is possibly going to maybe be the EA's Grand Slam Tennis or um, their Tiger Woods Golf. Yeah. And I think it would be nice, the only slight low score I'm saying there, it would be nice if it came out with Wii Sports 2 because I think everyone got, like when you got the Wii, everyone played Wii Sports, yep. come with that. And then this like, new addition to the controller that's going to, Add some dimensions to like how accurate it is and everything. Yeah, I think it would have been nice to come out with the Wii Sports to be the first thing. But um, I think we'll see Nintendo dominating the charts again. Well, I mean they dominate the charts anyway, but I think yeah. we'll see them dominate even more then, sort of from July onwards. Because I mean, look at the install base for Wii Sports. Most of those people, I would be, I would be surprised if less than eighty percent of people go out and buy Wii Sports. Yeah, and this has got to be even better. Twelve of June. Just thinking on my feet here. That's got to be around the time of E3. Yeah, so we might see some interesting games, yeah. some cool stuff. Like if they do anything, like maybe they do like a new Zelda or Mario, and just showing that about some of the new stuff that they're going to be, be doing nice. with the Motion Plus. That'd, That'd be cool. Be nice. Well, I would say that's a high score because I mean it's nice yeah. that something else is coming out. I mean, in my opinion, it's a slightly low score because I'm sick and tired of seeing Wii peripherals now. Yeah. But this is going to be something that's going to change gameplay. Even though they said that about the original Wii controller, this is going to be something that changes gameplay. So to me, that's definitely a high score. That's yeah. a good thing. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else we got? We're going to go on to this is about the E74 failure on the Xbox 360. Right. Yeah. The, we've just read today that Microsoft. I mean, obviously. Microsoft take, to just took a stand and they extended the warranty on the three red rings of death, uh, which you know is, is a horrible thing for a gamer if you get it. Um, but the problem was that a lot of people were, were causing so much publicity around the three red rings of death that nobody was really covering the E74 failure, which is another part of the Xbox. And you get the E74 failure when you get one red ring, like one part of your one red section, ring yeah. is, is dead. Um, when you get that, it's called the E74 failure and you have the message come up on the screen. Now, the problem with the E74 failure was that you sent your box off to Microsoft and they charged you for it yep, for if it was out of its standard warranty. But Microsoft have now said, is that they're going to extend the warranty, um, which will match the red ring. So I'm assuming it's going to be for a few years. Um, but also they've said that if you have paid for a repair between now and obviously the launch of the console, that they will refund you within the next six to 12 weeks, which I personally think is fantastic. Oh, that is good. It's good news. The low yes. score is how many Xboxes are Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, But it's great that they can do something like this. It's never it. good that these things are happening to a Microsoft console and... Obviously, we don't want to trigger any fanboy flaming, but it is obviously a bad thing that that's happened. But I think it's nice that Microsoft are actually admitting responsibility and just taking care of business. You know, they are actually looking after the consumer and they're giving us a chance to get, A, get our money back if it's happened and B, get a better repair system, which is fantastic. So yeah. the only thing is we have heard rumblings that it may not be applicable to the UK right now. But that is only rumblings. We'll, we'll try and update you whenever we've got a concrete answer. Okay. So that's definitely a high score in my opinion. Yep. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is uh, fairly recent news. The, the UB Days, which is uh, Ubisoft's kind of um, what, like game show. That Ubisoft yeah, it's being. normally where they show all the new games off, really. Yeah, it? this has been cancelled. Yeah, year, no more UB Days. Which is, uh, that's a real low score for me. Because I, um, I, I, like growing up, like a lot of people similar age to us, real hardcore gamers and that, and we used to sort of like... Um, the Future Entertainment show that used yeah. to be at Earl's Court and then recently there's been some like other shows and like they've been cancelled and that and everyone who's into games would love to go to something like have something like E3 or something that's yeah, in the that. UK and I think um, anything like you get these smaller shows by publishers like Ubisoft and it obviously is showing their own games but it's a glimpse everyone wants to see games before they're out everyone loves yeah. to get their hands on something before anyone else does we and like to go behind the scenes it. yeah and uh, it just seems a shame that obviously 
probably because of the economic climate at the moment that they've decided to cancel this. But I think this is a real low score. I would, if anything, I would like more, more games. Yeah, shows. definitely. Yeah. I mean, they have they have said that the reason they did sort of cancel it was because they wanted to concentrate on things like E3 and TGS and uh, and GDC. Um, I personally think yes, that might be part of it, but it obviously is down to the economic downfall because at the end of the day it does cost a lot of money to hire those places to pay the staff to pay the pr to to get you guys to go in and, it, and i think was ubisoft free or was it or was it charged to go in because surely even if they charge to go in you can't make that much money back off of the conventions yeah i just think that like, the big thing for them is always to get people like a big hype around some of their games yeah. and that and it would have been great like i'm wondering what shape some of the big games are in because obviously like this year it's like looking like splinter cell yeah, well, they've like announced it, that Grawl 3 should be this yeah, year. Yeah, Splinter Cell, Grawl 3, um, Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's some like, real high-profile games that people would love to get their hands on. I'm yeah. sure they'll get some like, really great press from this. Um, but, yeah, decided not to do it. So yeah, it's a shame. It's, it's a shame because um, it would have been nice to think, you know, when any of these conventions come around, everyone knows that they're going to get lots of news and now we know that we're not going to get anything yeah. out of Ubi Days. And we would have tried to blag our own way we would have got well. <laughs> We would have got press passes and we would have been in there. Um, but uh, what's our next story? All that right. was definitely a low score. Yeah, that was, big time low score. Uh, next one, uh, kind of, we've touched on this before and people might have seen it on the site, but it is kind of this week's news and this is Outrun Online Arcade. Yep. 800 points. 800 points, finally. Yeah. We can have something to celebrate about on on Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, like a We're great... We're getting ripped off. Yeah, it's like a great looking game. Like People have seen the screenshots. This looks like... Um, uh, like the Outrun that you see on the Xbox, done by Sumo Digital, real good fun, uh, great gamer, great some like uh, I had some great times playing that online, where it doesn't feel that competitive online. You just yeah. have a chat and like really enjoy yourselves. But um, it's nice to see like what this is in terms of downloadable games, a triple A title. Really, it is isn't it? really, yeah. I mean, this is something that the, the community have been looking forward to for a long time. Yeah. I mean, any sort of sort of big game from a company like Sega is going to be. Sort of well sought after, but Outrun as well is fantastic. Yeah. And this is, uh, as far as I know, I think this is probably like the biggest game at a good price since probably Bionic Commando that was rearmed, yeah, which definitely. was 800 points as well. Really yeah. nice, real big high score for that, I think. Yeah, I mean, it does bring me on to a low score, which is still the fact that Microsoft can't sort out their pricing. I mean, oh, yeah, the pricing's we, messed up. One, one of the things we're going to talk about, which is our, our next sort of kind of a news story, but more of a bit of a rant, really, to bring us into the low score section. I mean, <laughs> The high score that we've got outrun at that price, but a low score. Why the fuck? And I'm going to earn our explicit tag yeah, yeah. now. Why the fuck is Grow 2's co-op content only 20% off after over a year of it being out? Well, and this that is... is retarded. Yeah, I think the the most ridiculous thing we're saying is that the, I hate the idea of um, like when you got some kind of like co-op multiplayer kind of downloads mm. and this is kind of when I was speaking to you about it before I don't know the idea that I could buy that co-op pack yep. I get 20% off which isn't a massive discount off of something that come out so long ago yeah. And the, but the, the worry is I'm worried about people buying that and then like not having anyone to go yeah. co-op with. Like I mean, the only people that are going to be online is people who have bought the 20% yeah. off or maybe a friend and it's just not going to be a very good experience for the people that have bought yeah. it at 20% off. Because I think it's, 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 it's to the stage where, like how long ago did Grow 2 come out? Uh, it's I get a feeling well it was on the SNES or something like that. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's a 16-bit ago. game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I remember the 16-bit graphics. It, was a very long, it seems like such a long time ago that it came out. And um, the thing I'm just thinking is it's almost a time where that could be free. Yeah, oh no, it should right. be. Yeah, and it should It definitely... I mean, I, could, I like the fact that they're reducing these things and it is good for gold members, but 20% is pathetic. As far yeah. as I'm aware, that's got more a 1,200-point download anyway. Yeah. So you're not really getting much. If anything, it should have been 
over 50% off. Like you say, you got more off of Braid. More you got of more Penny off of um, Penny Arcade last week. But you're giving 20%. Come on, Microsoft. I mean, you've got more money than that that you can throw around at people. Yeah. Give us better discounts. It's not like Ubisoft have got to pay for Ubi days this year. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> what does it matter? But it does bring me to, like, I mean, A, the pricing's bad, but also offers more content that's going to be popular. I mean, A, how many people are still playing Graw 2? B, just because you've offered it, how many people are actually going to go back to Graw 2? It's not going to be many people. Even if you haven't got the content, the chances are you're playing co-op something else now. Why couldn't they offer it off of like the combustible map pack for Gears 2 or maybe some of the Halo content? Something like that. Give us something that everyone's going to play. Surely you're going to make more money out of discounting the Gears of 2 Gears of War 2 first map pack than fucking reducing the Graw 2 co-op stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Microsoft definitely needs to sort that out because otherwise I'm going to bitch about them every week. Yeah, so I'm sure the listeners so, don't want to hear that. But this is just a, like highlighting how uneven things are. High school story, Outrun 2, really good price. Low school story, yeah. something else on the Xbox Live marketplace like where the price seems horrible. It's ridiculous. We're going to go on to uh, last one as far as I know at the moment yep. for high school, low school. This is the Killzone 2, the free maps. Which is a big, big high school. Big, anything big, free, big high, high school. school. We always like anything that's free. We, this, we're starting to sound like we're really tight gamers. Well, every game is tight. Yeah, so it's it's because true. you want to save the money for the best game. Yeah, uh, it's very, very true. But um, yeah, so Gorilla have announced that Killzone 2 is going to receive two maps um, and they are going to be completely free of charge, which... Having played some of the some of the DLC, I haven't played enough where the map packs for me or the map pack that's on there is stale. But any any variety is good variety, if you ask me. It's going to be great for people to just jump in, and the fact that it's free it means that you can play with all your friends and you don't have to worry about have you got this map pack because otherwise we can't play yeah, these. Exactly. That, I, I always think that maps like as much as like I did buy the Halo maps. That's a, I guess another story, isn't it? Yeah. Halo, yeah. Ma- Halo maps are out. That's for now. Uh, the Mythic pack. Um, but I did buy them because I love Halo Three, and I think the thing is that. I imagine that the people who are, like a lot of gamers stick with one console because that's where they've got the money to yeah. do. And people who've got a PlayStation 3, this Killzone 2's come out, really good game. And um, the multiplayer seems really solid. It's got some really inventive ways where you change yeah, between game definitely. modes and that's things fantastic. like that. And to get some extra maps, and like you're saying, it won't split in the market at all because everyone will have them. <laughs> so yeah. they just go straight into the, like, the regular playlist, the new maps. And um, people, like, people can enjoy them, so it's and it, a real it's, good. It is good. I mean, there there are so many people out there that when map packs come out, everyone's really split. Like you don't know if your best mate's going to get it. You don't know if your your clan mates are going to get the map pack or not. And this this should be done quite often. I think every game. I mean, it's fair enough announcing a map pack and charging eight hundred points or six ninety nine on PSN or whatever you want to charge for it. But just give us like maybe one map for free yeah. and then sort of tease us a little bit and then we might jump into more map packs. But it's, that's definitely a, a massive high score and it's a great thing for Killzone 2 because it'll keep yeah. people playing it. Cool. But yes, I mean, you've mentioned obviously just going on to the Mythic maps because you have downloaded them. Yep. I had them when I got Halo Wars limited editions. So I've had them for a while. But I mean, what are your impressions? Just going off on a tangent, but let's yeah. find a out what your tangent, impressions I guess, um, like, um, I'm really into Halo 3 and love the maps. Uh, the... Interesting is I've only I've had a walk around the maps mm-hmm. rather than I haven't uh, been online to play them yet. So obviously like I, it's hard to judge how they play. Um, but yeah, they seem quite nice. I was a little bit disappointed. What's it? Um, is one of them called Assembly or something that people said was like midship? It's like the Covenant style one. It's got yeah. like a big kind of room yeah. in the middle and stuff. I was a little bit disappointed. Like I'd heard about people saying that that's a lot like midship. Mm-hmm. And initial impressions, although it may play like it, this is what I, I have to say, um, is that Midship, I liked how you could kind of see right across the map from each base and stuff. Yeah, There's yeah. a couple of rooms underneath in it, Halo 2 where you could play. Um, but you could kind of see everywhere on the map and they had like the little wobbly platform up the top and stuff with the sword. 
Um, so I'm always a little bit disappointed in that way. Like, um, as I'm sure I will love it, but it's a bit like how they originally said, like uh, said, Guardian was like Lockout, mm-hmm. and like Lockout is one of my favourite maps. And Guardian is a good small tight map, great one. Uh, I play a lot of double team on that map, yeah. but like double team seems so always works well on there. Um, but it's not like Lockout. Like obviously, mm-hmm. Blackout the remake was. A, a proper remake of Lookout, but it's always weird when you hear about it being similar to one of your favourite maps, mm. and when you play it, it's really only in essence that it was similar yeah, rather yeah. than the main thing. Um, and then the other maps, uh, God, I really should have, they sprung this on me a little bit because I can't actually That's remember, right. the, names I can remember the, the name. Um, there's one of them which is like a, another Covenant one, like big corridors, uh, orbital, orbital. That one seems quite cool. Seems a bit. Um, Getting a, I don't know what it's like in gameplay, getting those mongooses down that corridor with all the Yeah, I mean, I've played them quite a lot and because uh, I went on a, on a hunt for all the skulls. In fact, I'll have to help oh, right, you do yeah. that because yeah. the skulls on there I are fantastic. Um, and I did sit up with a friend uh, for about an hour trying to get one on Sandbox. It's, it's right. good fun. Um, yeah, getting the mongooses down there is not too bad. But And obviously, the, whoever's on the mongoose... Uh, if you're obviously driving down a corridor with a massive firefight, the chances are you're going to get a fairly few splatters. Yeah. Because obviously if there's like four people shooting at two people down that one corridor, you're pretty much ploughing everyone down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good fun map. That's actually one of my favourites. They tend, When they launched it, they were doing a lot of SWAT on all of them. Oh, right, SWAT yeah. on Orbital is fantastic. Yeah. It's really I, love, uh, I love playing SWAT. It's one of my favourite modes. I used to love playing that on Halo 2. really like how it's in the playlist and that for Halo 3. And uh, it leads nicely on. This is uh, the last one is the sand map uh, sandbox sandbox yep yeah and uh that seems really cool the one thing i'd like to play on there is i've heard that there's a really good layout because this is obviously the forge kind of map it basically is pack. yeah we've got a friend of ours called uh, fat freddy who's designed his own called sarcophagus all oh, right which yeah. we're going to promote a little bit on the blog it's really nice about. i have to i have to have a go on that and yeah. i've heard there's a really good setup for swap on the sandbox, yeah underneath so. sandbox there's like it's really difficult to describe, and it's best if you've got screenshots, but there's just a perfect SWAT map called Tundra, yeah. and it's really, really nice to play yeah. on there. So I'll, I'll definitely be getting on those uh, maps sometime between now and our next podcast. Which is yeah, episode four. we could talk about that on episode four then. Yeah. Okay, so just moving on to our last news thing. This isn't really high score, low score, but we've decided that maybe each week we'll touch a little bit on what's going on in the UK charts, because a lot of people do uh, sales figures on the American podcast, and we just thought we'd give you a, an idea of how things are selling in the UK. And obviously... Um, the thing is, is that the high school, low school, a little bit dependent on how good the news is. Yeah. And with the Easter weekend, a little bit thinner on the ground the news than in other weeks. Obviously, when anything like E3 or something, or we get big game announcements, that's this yeah. change the length yeah, of the segment. Uh, so yeah, so it's been a bit shorter, but so we're going to kind of fill it out with the uh, with the charts. But we might touch on them a little bit every week, just to kind of let you guys know what's selling and what's not selling, uh, and whether your favourite games in the top ten. So we're just going to quickly run down from twenty to one, uh, and we'll just kind of have a few comments on it. So at number okay. twenty, we've got Wanted Weapons of Fate, which I actually expected to be slightly higher. Purely because yeah. of it being a franchise. Yeah, I think um, I've seen. Have you seen the film? I've watched. I've seen the film. Yeah. yeah, I thought the film was okay as a kind of like action film. Quite yeah. interesting. Is kind of got some cool things. Like people are into like the graphic novel or comic. Goes, Comics much comic. better. Okay. The comic is much better. But, um, um, I think the game takes place after the film. I think it's got yeah. prequel and sequel parts. Yeah, the game. I think there's parts when you play as the main guy's father. Yes. And yeah. it's, um, but it's got like the curving bullets. It's mm-hmm. got. Um, that kind of Gears of War Dark Sector kind of uh, cover mechanic. Yep. Um, there's some real nice bits, obviously, if you're either side of a, um, a, a, a part of cover, you can like lean over and stab the person really quick, right? which is like quite nice. And it's got like um, slight annoyance with some of the animation bits when you do like um, the same knee in the face all yeah. the time. But 
you know, I, I think I, I actually think that's a steady entry in at twenty. Yeah, I mean, it came in. Formats, it came so. in last week at, at fifteen, so it's. I don't think it's really probably living up to to Warner Brothers' expectations, but I think it's still. It's not too bad to get into yeah. the top twenty. Um, moving on to number nineteen, we've got Chinatown Wars. Grand oh. Theft Auto. Um, it was at number ten last week. It's been doing really well though. I think for an adult title on the DS, that's doing quite well on the charts. To be fair. Yeah, I'd like. Everyone knows um, from when we spoke the other week, and if you've seen the review on the site, I love this game. Uh, I think it's very close to a perfect like DS game, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's great to see in there. It's obviously had a bit of a drop, but. Like with the old format, Charles, you've got to always take into account like what consoles they're on. Like this is like a mature title on the DS, and uh, I think the Grand Theft Auto has got such a big name that like a lot of parents are now getting almost like savvy enough to know not to get like Grand yeah, Theft definitely. Auto for like the littlest of kids. Yeah. And like my my nieces, and I think a lot of people like with their children or family or whatever know. That you know, you're happy with them playing Super Princess Peach, and you know when they're old enough, they'll be able to enjoy Grand Theft Auto. But it's going to have that; they know it's going to have that yeah. bit of violence, and obviously, there's all the stuff with drugs and that where it should it should get the rain it's got. But it's an awesome game, and like, yeah, glad to see that it's got uh, got this in still in the top twenty of the charts. Yeah, definitely. Well, so at number eighteen, we've got Club Penguin Elite Penguin Force on the DS, which I'm honestly surprised it isn't higher. Yeah, I'm I, a... I really am. I mean, it only came out this week, so there's no entry for last week. But I mean, this is like an MMO style game. I was going to say, the what DS. the fuck is this <laughs> Club Penguin? Club Penguin. We're actually going to have a review up on the site of this probably in the next week or so. I have got a copy of Club Penguin at the moment for review purposes. Um, haven't really played through much. It's, it is literally just it's like an MMO where you interact with people online, um, but you go around solving puzzles as like a little spy penguin. But it's massive in America. I mean, you're literally... In America, this would be at number one. And this is a Disney game. It's a Disney game, yeah. So, I mean, you're looking... It's quite shocking that it's not higher, especially the fact that at the moment we're in school holidays and there's probably lots of kids going into game. Um, I'm surprised that's not higher, but we will bring more about that game once we've got a review up and we'll tell you a little bit more about it. Um, Number 17, Tom Clancy's Hawks. Yeah, um, I only played a little bit of the demo of this. Um, But interesting title... Tom, the Tom Clancy games always so well. Yeah, they uh, always like, It's got the name on it, hasn't it? Yeah, and uh, everyone's. I think everyone knows like that people like Grawl, people like Rainbow Six, and that, and they see the Tom Clancy thing. And you know, like I, I can tell from Hawks, I could almost tell from uh, from early on that you know you're getting an okay game. Mm-hmm. Like it would be nice if it was amazing, but you know it's at least going to be all right. It's going to be polished. Yeah, it's good. You, you, if you want to fly a jet and like take out stuff, a lot. Some people say that. Actually, the Ace Combat is a little bit better um, in some ways, but, you know, fair it's there, for, it's there just to have fun. I mean, 17 this week, 16 last week. It looks like it's on its way out the charts now. Yeah, it'll I'm sure it. it'll probably get reduced at some point and pop back up, but I think it's been out for a while now. That's still relatively good for, for Ubisoft. Um, that's some money. Maybe they'll do Ubi Days next yeah, year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on, number 16, we've got Carnival Fun Fair Games, which I think is on the Wii. Yeah, yeah, this is the mini game collection uh, on the Wii. This was at number 11 last week. I think we can pretty much skip over this. There's not really much we can yeah, say about although Carnival. Although I reckon that's mini game collections. They stay, I've seen that game up on the shelf. So you go into a game, you go into Wolves oh, yeah, or anything. Definitely. Well, you don't go into Wolves anymore. No. Uh, but like any shops like that, and it's always up there. People like these mini games for when yep. the family come round. A lot of people just have a Wii for when a couple of friends yes, come round. That's it. You know, I'm not going to say that this is the best game in the world. I'm not going to say you are, <laughs> what I would. You think. Really do think no, I'm not going to say what, what I really think of the game. I don't think there's any need for that. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you got a Wii and you just play it when some people come round, like some people 
just have a PS2 and just play like Buzz and SingStar. Yeah. I think they're the best games ever, you know. That's very true. Um, moving on to number 15, uh, Dr. Kawashima is still loitering around the UK charts yeah. with Brain Training. And this is Brain Training 1. Yeah, this isn't even Brain Training 2. I mean, no. this was at number 13 last week, 15 this week. He ain't going nowhere, is he? Really? No, like, obviously people aren't getting smart enough to stop buying this game. Yeah, I'm asking me actually, we're not going to spoil what's at number 1, even though most people can tell. But I think in the UK, we're starting to look like we're really thick and really fat. Yeah. So moving we need on, all the help we can get. We do. Moving <laughs> on to number fourteen, we've got Guitar Hero World Tour. Uh, this was at twenty last week, fourteen this week. Obviously, it's multi-format, so this is counting everything. Yeah, that's still quite and nice. And it is on everything. It is on <laughs> everything. This is still quite nice though for the Guitar Hero franchise. To yeah. Still be in the yeah, charts. everyone, everyone who goes into their local town centre will, will see. Almost guaranteed we'll see someone carrying around Guitar Hero. Yeah, every week we go for a coffee at the same Starbucks and every single week we see the same Guitar Hero box, I swear. We have the slight concern, yeah, that it's the same box going in and out of pre-owned on a weekly basis. It mostly is. No one can knock it. Guitar Hero is a great game. Uh, The World Tour, you know, if you wanted to get the latest one, it's it's an awesome game. There's a good amount of tracks on there and it's just, you know... Everyone likes Guitar Hero. Yeah, definitely. It's a fantastic game. Uh, so number 13, Ben 10, Alien Force. Now, I know you're a massive fan of Ben 10. Awesome. You must have played this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had, I'm sure. Yeah, it um, must, it's probably fantastic because it's at number 13. Yeah, I know fuck all going, about Ben 10. I'm a, like, looking at it, it looks like it is part of... Like, Ben 10, as far as I know, is a Charles cartoon. It's a cartoon yeah. on... Uh, is... I think it's on Nickelodeon or Cartoon yeah. Network or something. And um, this is maybe one of many games from the Benton franchise, because it, it's highlighted as Alien Force. Yeah. You know... It's, it's obviously Ben 10 has got to fight aliens on a multi-format scale. I mean, it's, it's probably a really good game for kids, but we're never going to touch yeah. it. No. So, uh, I mean, big up to Ben 10. Um, right, number 12, we've got Wheelman from Midway. Was at four last week. I'm not going to slate this game too much because this is the guy who made it. It's on my Twitter following list. All right. But it okay. ain't great. I should be careful. I say. Uh, yeah, I I played the demo. Because um, when's the film out? Is this... um, I, I haven't got a clue. I'm sure like, the film, like it may well be out in the States already or something, and it's coming out. And uh, it's a Vin Diesel film. It looks a little bit like a... It kind of reminds me a little bit of The Transporter with the Jason. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying it's very similar to Transport. And yeah. Will Man, when you get through the game, does play a lot like if... Jason Statham yeah. had a game of transport coming and, out. And uh, like, uh, I like, I'll say I'll be positive on it. Mm-hmm. As I say, I'll say the positive thing is is that you're going to be talking for the, long. Then. Yeah, I know the the airjacking the cars, although completely outrageous when you can just jump out of your vehicle onto and ripped one. off from Pursuit Force. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's in, in Pursuit Force. But um, I guess like it is nice that you can just like you haven't got that part of getting out of a vehicle, yeah. going up to someone else, stopping the vehicle thing. You just airjack them. Uh, it's fun enough. Um, there's some races and things. I think we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, I think we should just move on. I mean, if, if you've got Wheelman and we're slating it and you like it, then we apologise. But we will bring you a proper review soon. And we can only really go off of what we've played in the demo. Yeah. We haven't yeah. actually got full Demos aren't always great. No. Um, right, moving on. Surprisingly, still in the top 20. At number 11, we've got COD 4, Modern Warfare. COD 4, yeah. Um, was at number 8 last week, so still going strong. Yeah, uh, I think that there's this big thing is that COD 4 is... It's a great game. Like everyone yeah, who plays, it, like, it's got a really good single player. The multiplayer is great. It's got that kind of everyone. Everyone who's 
got an Xbox Note or PlayStation 3 knows about COD 4. Great game. And um, I think that some people, maybe maybe there's people who didn't have COD 4 and that they've been playing COD 5 for a while and heard from everyone how good COD 4 is and then yeah. they're starting to buy it. I'm sure there's kind of like a Platinum Collection versions of it. Yeah, they, they brought game out of the, year the Game kind of, of the Year edition, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah, another solid entry just outside the top 10. Yeah, it's nice. But going into the top 10, we've got Street Fighter 4 at number 10, which is down from 6. Um, Capcom must still be pretty happy because I mean, obviously, Street Fighter Four is kind of bringing back fighting games. Yeah. So it's nice to see Street Fighter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am pleasantly surprised. It's always nice. Like everyone who's really into games, like you see the top ten, and the top ten is never the top or top twenty is never the top twenty best games that are out. No. It's just like what's selling the best. And obviously, like times have changed, and you have got the Wii, and you have got different games that people are buying, and opened up to a lot more people. But it's, I think, I'm really like pleasantly surprised that Street Fighter Four has come back to be this popular in the top 10 i can't imagine like I, when i when you check the charts before when they've had like street fighter third strike and all things mm-hmm. like that they've never really had this kind of hit no, on the charts and like not. yeah this is great and you've got the like they've backed it with all the adverts on tv yeah because they're still advertising it quite heavily yeah. at the moment on tv yeah it looks, looks lovely um yeah i'd love to play some more of it still really want to get an arcade stick so, yeah yeah um, i think it has to be played on an arcade stick to be at its best but it is perfectly fine if you've got just a pad yeah. um right taking us on to number nine we've got mario kart we uh, <laughs> down from 12 so still in the charts i mean going from now i mean you're, you're pretty much just talking nintendo except for a few um which is, is pretty much all the time in the charts now but mario kart we still riding strong yeah, yeah um but it's a, it's a great game, and uh, I think when what they did with the controls, as many as like I look at the controls of using the wheel, uh, using the wheel to control it, and kind of like yeah, whatever, just give me a GameCube controller or use the nunchuck and the and the Wiimote and that. But it has done what it meant to do and opened it up to a lot of people. Like yeah. I would never have thought that someone like I've got, uh, like one of my sisters has got a Wii, and uh, she plays Mario Kart Wii a lot and like once on the shopping mall one she did actually beat me using the wheel which <laughs> I nearly just for like I thought I'm never going to play you again time to stop playing games um, but you know they, they yeah they've opened it up to a lot more people and yeah, like a definitely. great game it's got some cool characters it plays well lots of things to do lots of tracks it's got online you know it's got, it's got everything you need I mean going from this going up the chart here it does show that casual gaming really is if yeah. you want to break up casual and hardcore it does show that casual gaming is really coming in so I mean next on the chart number 8 we've got Wii Play still yeah. now I'm going to skip over this just by saying it comes with a free controller or basically is a free controller we'll get a controller well, it's with a, controller a free game, a free game. Is, um, it'd be interesting to see like how would it sell if it didn't have a controller yeah it? and I wonder what would happen like it seems strange because they've like they put it they marketed it as we play but you get a free controller and it'd be interesting like, I imagine that if you if there was an Xbox controller and you got like a free game with it like maybe you got the arcade unplugged collection or something yeah. like that Look, it's technically putting a piece of hardware into the software charts. Yeah. It's always a bit confusing. But, yeah, um, it's, a, it's a tough one. So we'll skip over it. But I don't. I don't think it should be counted. So really, it shouldn't be in there. But we'll, we'll move on. Number seven, more Nintendo. Uh, Professor Layton and the Curious Village. Um, it was at seven last week. It's yeah. not moving. Professor Layton is still talking to his idiotic, stupid little psychic. Yeah, the the small in a child. Great, in a great game, yeah. though. But yeah, it's a great game. Lovely artwork. Um, and it's another one that I said, like. You can obviously advertisements have a big effect on on the games, and especially with like these casual games, it seems because everyone's everyone in the UK has seen the Professor Layton adverts, yeah. and um, it's still selling well. I'm glad to see it's up there because it's a great game. It is a fantastic but... game. I mean, any gripes with anyone's got against Nintendo aside, Professor Layton's a superb game. If you've got a DS, it's well worth playing. It's, yeah, it's a great game. All right, number six, uh, one of my favourite games of the last year, Call of Duty World at War, uh, which was at five last week, so still going pretty strong. Practically. Yeah, I imagine that I'll stay there for quite a while. Yeah, the I night, hope so. 
especially with the map pack just out as well. Yeah, yeah, it'll do. Um, it's nice. Yeah, the the one thing I would like almost with Call of Duty is I've always would like it to maybe have a two year cycle. Like this one, I know you get Infinity Ward making Modern Warfare now, Modern yeah. Warfare Two, and then you get Treyarch doing these ones. Uh, it'd be kind of nice to have a, a year gap and like get some more content. But you know, it's a quality game they released. Everyone was a little bit unsure um, because uh, Treyarch previously done uh, COD Three that wasn't particularly great. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't raved about. It's a solid game, but it wasn't raved about. And I think. They used the COD 4 engine for World of War, and yeah, no, it's sold well. Yeah, Everyone enjoys it. And... It's one of my favourites. I play it online quite a lot, and you know, it's nice to see it in the charts. Like, I totally agree. I wish there was a bigger bit of a gap so we could have more map packs, but you know, I think it's it's all about making money at the end of the day. So they're doing the right thing. Uh, number five, we've got FIFA 09. Now, I'm not a, a big football fan, nor or soccer fan for any yeah. of our US fans. Um, I, I'm not a big football fan, so this doesn't really bother me. It was at number three last week, uh, so it's obviously coming down, but yeah, I mean, I think, any football game in this country is going to hold its own. Though, yeah, I think I think the big thing that has been realised by most people is that um, I, I used to be a big fan of PES, the Pro Evolution series, mm-hmm. and um, that always used to be a step ahead of FIFA. And FIFA has caught up a lot. Um, I'm still not really got in. I'm still one of those people. Like, I I still love PES Four, and I'm still waiting for them to do a PES mm-hmm. as, as as good as that. Um, but FIFA 09 is a solid title, and a lot of people who play Pro Evolution Soccer have moved over to. Yeah, FIFA. there's a lot of people jumping over to FIFA. I don't think. Pro Evo is really going to hold its no. own unless they do something very the, different with this year's one. Yeah, the real joke is is that like I've seen the CBS um, at Konami, they said that they're going to totally revolutionise like parts of uh, PES and go back, and they've said it so many times before. And I think one of the comments I see on a thread there was about someone saying how like they've said that for a long time and they haven't really changed it. And anybody who's like savvy enough to just get over the fact that FIFA is now really good just has left and gone oh, over yeah. to FIFA. I mean, it's, it's selling strong, and that's that's a good thing for EA. Uh, number four, another favourite of mine, Resident Evil 5. Uh, yeah. It was at number two last week. Um, I mean, it's, it's a great game that's selling really well. Great games, yes, yeah, still selling well. You can't really say a great deal about it. I think it's it's going to be selling well because it's recent out as well. Um, and, and a lot of people are probably picking up for the co-op as well. Yeah. So, um, not really much to say about that. Number three, I can't believe this is still in the charts, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yeah, because... Well, I've played this. This is a good fun game. Actually, it is a great play, game. Play I've, got it, I've got it on the DS and I've played yeah. it on the Wii and it's a fantastic game. I'm just shocked that it's still in there. I'm wondering if it's having a resurgence because of the news that we're going to be getting Winter Olympics soon. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's just a, another solid collection of uh, of mini games. The interesting thing I'd say about some of these is that like, as much as people will be saying, oh, there's another Wii game, another DS game, uh, when, when I look at this list and I see something like Professor Layton, yeah? Yeah. I see, I see that. I see uh, Wii Play and Mario Kart Wii. You think oh, all of those games are only out on the one format? Like yeah. A lot of these titles, you they get like World of Wars on the three formats. It's only just, yeah. above, it's, it's like only just above Professor Layton that you can only get on the DS. It's mm. impressive, just surely, surely how much uh, that these sell. Um, yeah, they're definitely pushing a lot of units out. I mean, Nintendo are doing incredibly well, whether yeah. gamers like it or not. And I think that's a great point that you've yeah. made that. You know, any of those games, I'm not going to look at Wii Play again at all, but I mean, any of the games that you can see on the Wii there, obviously they're all exclusive pretty much, yeah. so they are doing brilliantly well. Number two is The Godfather 2, obviously yeah. it's brand new out, there isn't an entry for last week. I've I've only heard nothing but bad things about Godfather yeah, I've heard 2, though. this is shit. I've heard that it is absolute tripe, <laughs> but, um, so I don't know why selling on its name must be. Yeah, we don't really want to say too much. Too much for a lie. I can do. I can say I haven't played any no, of this I game. I've just heard this. It. It's not too, too good. Um, I always heard that the original Godfather weren't too bad. Yeah, I think the original was sort of 
just above mediocre really yeah. and i think godfather 2 is probably selling on its name it's most likely selling to people that have played the original and it's probably also selling to people that enjoy that gta style franchise but obviously there's not really much out that's yeah. gta based everyone's finished gta 4 everyone's finished saints row 2 now and they're probably just looking for the next game yeah. and i don't think that's the best one but seems a seems really high up i remember scarface like that was actually an okay game but that used to Stay in the charts for yeah, quite a while. Yeah, definitely it did. Um, so number one position, like I said, yeah, everyone in the UK must be either thick or fat. This brings us to We Fit, number one for second week in a row. Uh, yeah. I cannot believe that we're still selling this many We Fits in this country. No, it's, a, it's an expensive game, well, it's, because I mean, you're getting the You're talking again, a bit of hardware and a bit of software. Yeah. You are really just talking. I mean, that is effectively people are buying that for the balance board, sure. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing is, I think, is that some of the other um, games that use it aren't really uh, highlighted that much. Like, people who get a Wii Fit, I'm not sure how many of them people actually play stuff like Sean White or um, the Raven Rabbits yeah. TV party, <laughs> stuff like that, that use it. And, uh, you know, it, any, you, you speak to anyone, you speak to someone's mum who's got it, you speak to, like, some, a friend who's got it or whatever, everybody enjoys using it. I think it's a really clever thing to yeah, be doing. Yeah, I mean, it's a great bit of kit. It's yeah. just, I, I don't agree really with when we see hardware in the in the software sales. Um, but that just seems, uh, that's still at number one. It's just, it just shocks me that it is still at number one. Yeah. Be, it's still getting sold out in places. It's still, when it is in stock, it's selling and it's going to number, yeah, this going is number one. It's superb there. that Nintendo are doing so well with it. It just it baffles me why it's still there. And there, there has can't been be that many fat people in this country. Yeah, and there's also been rumblings of uh, there was Wii Fit Plus. Yeah, we have heard of this so. again. I mean, that that would kind of if that ever actually gets announced, that to me is going to be an instant low score because, like I've said, I'm getting sick and tired of the peripherals for the Wii already. And yeah. if they brought out another balance board and called it the the, the Wii Fit Plus. I think you'd be getting to the point where they yeah, I'm not the sure. just print money. I'm not sure it'd be the, like a new balance board. I'm not totally sure about that. But like, if it. it's just an extra game and that, you know, they had a nice long... T- like, like, they could milk a lot of these things. I've always thought like there's certain games that they could milk a lot more than they do. Yeah. Like, you often only see a, a, a Mario Kart, a single Mario Kart per generation yeah, of console. Do, yeah. um, you know, everyone who's playing enjoying it. It's, as we say, it's not the best 20 games, but it's the most selling. Yeah, but, I mean, that is that is the top 20 for, yeah. for for the UK. So it was nice to have a look at those, but we're going to take another little break now. We're going to come back on the other yep. side uh, with some more features, and we'll see you then. to the High School Podcast with our last section. Uh, we're going to be going over a couple of uh, notable community games. Uh, at the moment, this is just going to be like Xbox Live at the moment, community games, but there's a possibility we're going to, in the future, add some stuff maybe from PC stuff. Yeah, I think we, we're all... I mean, there's been a couple of people that have asked us, are we going to cover community games, things like that, yep. and... Uh, I think we'll cover some indie games or browser-based games as well um, from people like PopCap and uh, any other indie developers that are out there on PC. Yeah. But we're, we're going to try and make it a regular feature where Zach's going to bring us in basically his community game of the week and we're just going to sort of highlight what's good on the community for you to check out. Yeah, and uh, then after this we're going to go over some of our yeah. community feedback. Yeah, we'll go over some emails. All right, so with the community games, like I know we wanted to do one. I'm kind of I'm really tempted to just say about two. Yeah, okay. But, um, That's cool. Like the two that I mentioned, these are both fairly new out. They're both 400 points. Um, we're going with, uh, there's one called Super Cow. That, I uh, love Super Cow. Yeah, yeah. I got, um, it's like, it's nice that the community game's coming out so regularly. Yeah. But I think is this is kind of why we wanted to do this in the podcast as well, because it's a little bit hard to get uh, news on 
what is the best games out or things that have changed. I know there's a, a game called uh, Easy Golf Architect that recently went from 800 points to 400 points. That's yeah. another decent game. And like, things like that, like a lot of people just don't even know has happened because they just don't get any mention on uh, the dashboard at all and like sites don't usually cover them at all. No, I mean, it's a, it's a real shame that we've got a lot of people out there that are using XNA to make some pretty good games and yeah. they are getting overlooked. I mean, the only site we know about that we've been checking out ourselves is XNA Roundup. Uh, which is on Blogspot, and uh, you can check those guys out. They do pretty yeah, decent recommend... jobs. Do a video podcast, basically just showing you the best of what's on there. But we'll, yeah, we'll try and to... bring you our opinion. So, yeah. I mean, SuperCal, it, it was just a platform game, really, yeah, wasn't so it? Yeah, it's a 2D platformer. Um, it's really nice polished. Look. There's some nice, uh, the intro's got some nice artwork, and it's one of these games. You're, in community games, you often get a game that has been made by programmers, which kind of plays well, but looks horrible. And sometimes yeah. you get a game that looks lovely but just plays horribly and this seems like it's a good uh like together like they've got together some good artists it's got some nice music um and it's 2d platforming it starts off obviously with the trial part that you play um it's relatively easy the only the only real downside is that when you get hit by enemies there's not really a big indication about what yeah there's no animation doing. is there no so but um the actual game it plays lovely it looks lovely yeah i mean i enjoyed it it it, it reminds me it's very reminiscent of old platformers from like the SNES yeah. era but I mean it's like it's really nice and colorful it's nice high resolution um, everything in it is animated really nicely um, it is a bit simple but obviously we we have only played the trial game yeah um, so when you pay the 400 points it might be a case if you open a stupid amount of worlds and you can play through a lot and maybe have boss battles and things yeah. um, but what we really did was it was just purely a simple platforming jumping adventure but it was really really well made yeah really it's, uh, nice. it's, it's almost uh, quite relaxing in a way it's not got it's uh, like especially it doesn't start off like that kind of Mega Man 9 where it's like instantly really difficult. Yeah, it was a very relaxing game. Yeah, you you, you just... did feel that you could just chill out and play it for a couple of hours or even just 20 minutes, put it down and then come back to another time. Yeah, and uh, not everyone's going to be a massive fan of the main character, which is a cow. A super cow. Yeah, wearing a cape and walking around. I still think you should legs. shoot things out others. Yeah, that would be great. And like, maybe that does happen later it on. It might happen we, we later don't know. on, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a 2D platformer that's really polished, um, I would say, because the other big like notable 2D platformer is, uh, I think it's Johnny Biscuit's yeah. platform romp, yeah. um, which is that, that this looks a hell of a lot better than that game. Um, so I would, I would say this is kind of taken over that title of probably the yeah, best definitely. 2D platformer on there. I think if you, if you are interested in having a little platformer, it's worth just downloading the trial. Yeah. Give it a go and see if you enjoy it. Cause I think it would be 400 points worth spent. Yeah, and it's a good price. Like, it seems like one of those ones they could have easily got the price wrong and put it in at 800 mm-hmm. um, But they've put it in at the 400 and it's just that kind of, like I think anything up to, like, 200 or 400 points is up to that impulse thing that you can just play the trial and think, yeah, like, when it comes up, do you want to buy it? You can just think, 400 points, yeah, I'm just, I'm just yeah, going to do it. It's definitely. just a couple of pounds spent. Um, the other one I wanted to note um, was I'm a massive fan of uh, Geometry Wars, so I'm always interested in the twin-stick shooters that come out. And uh, there's uh, been a number of games. There was like, <clears throat> I would say, because these are recent ones we're covering. Like probably yeah. our favourite one. I think we can agree on this. Me and Stripe is a yeah. game called Groove. Oh, definitely. Which is a really like um, it's a twin stick shooter, like Geometry Wars, and it plays um, as you shoot in. It makes a sort of like the music. Continue yeah, in the literally, game. if you stop shooting, it goes silent, yeah. doesn't it? And as soon as you start shooting, it plays the tune, and then if every enemy you hit. It brings in a beat or some percussion yeah. or something, and it, it just makes a. It's a really good song, is it? Like, yeah, it's uh, a really nice tune. When and you I play think um, 
that a lot of people it's a the best way to describe it i think is looks like geometry wars plays a bit like res in yeah. terms of yeah, like, making way music you as you shoot things but it's only 200 points isn't it Corey? yeah that's 200 points uh, i won't do that too much because the real one was the same because we're trying to cover the new ones that come out yeah. all the time and uh there was one that's just released called virus war this is a twin stick shoot as we're saying and um it's kind of like a it's kind of like a vertical scrolling twin stick shooter almost, isn't it? You're yeah. constantly moving up the screen. It reminds me of Inner Space, the film yeah. Inner Space, yeah. because it's like you're, because you're basically inside a body, aren't you? Yeah, and it's a little bit like there's a game called Biology Battle, which is uh, not bad twin stick shooter on the community games as well. Um, but yeah, it, it plays nice. The music's like quite cool and everything. And it's just, I think, maybe like people will think about with the 400 points whether they will get it or not, because for, for 400 points, get if you haven't got too much, it was one get that first. yeah definitely um but yeah it's a, it's a pretty decent game i'll say like if we it's have got to... a quite steep learning curve though isn't it yeah it, it, i think it's got that thing where it tries to stop people getting bored it ramps up the difficulty too quickly mm-hmm. and um that is a slight slight problem it could be a little bit ease you into it a little bit more and i think people will be like i think they try like some of the high school games i think geometry wars is a little bit guilty of this itself as well in that especially Geometry Wars 2, in that it ramps up the amount of enemies so quickly in order to you to get a good high score performance within yeah. five minutes or so mm-hmm. that um, that for the people who are new to playing it, they may well die in the first sort of like 30 seconds of playing. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so it would be nice if some people, would, like if they just maybe had a different game mode where it just like eased you into it, maybe had some different music, some kind of trance kind of music rather than the kind of like yeah. more techno kind of stuff that than they normally have. But I'd say the best game of this week, I'm going to go with Super Cow. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, which is, um, yeah, definitely. Like, have a look at this game. Uh, it'd be nice to hear what other people think of it. And I think a lot of people would be surprised that this is a community game in the way that it looks, the way that it plays. We're not saying, like, it's no Super Mario World, no, but for, definitely. like, for a couple of pounds, it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. I think we're going to use, like I say, we use this as a feature every week that we're going to touch yeah. on the community games. And if you've got any suggestions in the community, give us a shout and, and let us know. Or if you're an XNA developer yourself and you want to talk to us about your game, give us a shout and we'll we'll, we'll talk to you about about it on the podcast and i would uh just last thing i'd like to add is uh, yeah we're going to try and do this every week and i did have think thoughts about like highlighting games that i didn't enjoy so much mm. it, like I, I don't want to rip on anyone who's doing something bad but i think that some games it's just uh it can be quite amusing in the you can see what they tried to do but they missed out i'll be interested to hear what people think whether they would like to hear about games that they'd want to miss as well yeah. because you know it's all this is all like this is all fair criticism i think and like there's you've got to take the highs with the lows so we can either always just do like the best games that are out or we can like maybe add in like one to avoid so yeah, it'd no, be nice definitely. to what people think we could do that so we're going to move on to um we're going to move on to some emails and some comments and things like yeah, that cool. now aren't we yeah i love the community uh, stuff we've had a couple of questions um we're going to move on to the first one it was a question by a guy called jamie tubb who is on twitter and he has asked us what he, what we think our hardest achievement to acquire has been. It, was this ones that, yeah, ones that we've got and achieved? Well, it can be either. I think we can talk about either ones that we've got, but also ones that we strive for or that we know in the community are very difficult. Do you yeah. wanna, do you wanna start? I, mean, I know you've okay. got a couple of hard ones that you've achieved. Yeah, I've got before. a couple of ones that I've done before. Um, I think uh, a million points on Jim Witch Wars one. That was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly tricky one and uh, Mile High Club on COD 4 I got down that yeah, on Veteran yeah that's yeah where you have to do the final level in the aeroplane in the time limit on Veteran 
Like those were pre. They, I would say, like I'll be impressed by other people who've got those. So if you've got them ones, um, like let us know. There's one I just thought of in my head. I hadn't thought about this earlier, but I'm sure there's an achievement on Mega Man Nine for completing the whole game without getting hit yeah. by any enemy. I think there like, is. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's got that achievement, but like that has got. That's got to be. It's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one. I can think of a couple. I can't really think of any that I've particularly got off the top of my yeah. head, but I can think of a couple. One would be the Seriously achievement from Gears 1, which yeah. was the 100,000, was it the 100,000 or 10,000? 10,000. 100,000 on Gears 2. Uh, 10,000 uh, kills being ranked. Yeah. That's like ridiculously yeah, hard to get. Big number. The one that I'm trying to get at the moment that's really, really difficult is all the challenges on Peggle. All right. Um, I'm, I'm currently working through that. I think I'm about 60, 65% through all the challenges and I'm now starting to hit brick walls where it's like clear the entire level with one ball and there's and a, things like that another one i thought of there's a grow one like just grow uh there was an achievement for rank number one in the world in the oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one. Like, there can't be many people who had that it's no i, w- I would think that that's going to be a pretty rare one if we're completely not to be honest but i think that's quite a good question and we'd like to hear from the community i know we've spoken yeah. about this in the past because we were going to do a feature on achievements which is still a plan uh and we have had a few people say uh, a couple in the past but get in touch with us and let us know what you think the hardest ones are yeah um and we'll move on to our second question now this is a guy who he gave us a question last week about the hardest, uh, one of the hardest questions, which was our oh, favourite right, yeah. game. This is from Jeff uh, in Texas again. Now, if you don't want to hear from Jeff every week, send us in a question and we'll, we'll answer yours instead. But, you know, Jeff's a good part of the community and he sent us in another question, which is, um, as a games player or a games reviewer, um, when you get a game that's got quite a solid multiplayer, do you dive straight into the multiplayer and rank up or do you play your single player story? get the grips of everything before you jump into your multiplayer okay i always tend to play the single player just play through the campaign and then jump onto the multiplayer and a lot of times it's just because i kind of i want to experience a single player and then i just want like with halo 3 i played through the campaign and then i had the experience of that and then i knew that the multiplayer was going to last me for like years after that and i did the same um with cod 4 like there may be well be times like obviously if people are jumping on that i've played a bit of the campaign and then there's some people will be like, oh, we're going to be jumping on trying the multiplayer and I give it. But generally, my rule is I tend to play the single player, the campaign first, and then jump onto the multiplayer yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm totally in the same boat as you. I mean, I love the multiplayer. Um, and there have been times when I've kind of got halfway through a game and, like you say, a friend will message you and say, come on, get on the multiplayer. And, and I've done that. But I would normally try and do the single player, A, to absorb the story, B, because the amount of spoilers that come out in the industry, you know, you don't want to hear anything that's going to spoil your game, so you might as well get it played first. Uh, and also just to get the grips of the game. You yeah. know, like a game like Halo 3, I mean, it obviously it hadn't changed that much from Halo 2. But the reloads um, have changed a few. But yeah, the reloads like that, have yeah. changed, and you had slightly different grenade physics and things like that. And you want to just get used to how things play before you, you jump onto the online. I mean, the reason he asked this question was because he said that he actually played the online first on Killzone 2 got right into the game through the multiplayer and then went into the single player and absorbed that. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably do play like that. But yeah, I think for that... me, I, I can't really do it that way. Yeah. I prefer to experience the single player and then jump into the multiplayer. Yeah, I think that um, like you made a, like definitely a good point, I think, there was that you don't really want the spoilers. I, I don't really thought about that, but I think, yeah, sometimes I want to play through the game and then find out everything myself in the, like the main story mm-hmm. before sort of friends and that like me and strive obviously talk between ourselves and talk to friends and stuff and like there's a lot of people who just like go straight through that campaign and we don't really want to have have that spoil um i think another thing is it's a little bit of a throwback towards um older games where like multiplayer was kind of an added on part of it like 
you would admit, like as as big as Goldeneye was multiplayer playing it, the, my original thoughts about the game was I was going to be I was buying it as a game to play through single player, yeah, and yeah, I, I heard that there was this cool multiplayer, which in the end took up a lot more of my time yeah. than the main thing. But I think yeah, a lot of games used to have that um, that kind of like tacked on multiplayer on the end, which was in it, like as an extra feature. And you was just I'm just used to playing through it like that. And there's uh, some games like. Um, the darkness and prey and things like that where I, I definitely not really interested in the multiplayer yeah. at all i think this is a really good question because i think multiplayer aspects are a really big part of of all games now i mean whether it's tacked on or whether it's a game like giz or, or halo where we know the multiplayer is going to be a huge aspect i think it's really really good question to bring up just purely because it's such a big part of our gaming life nowadays that a lot of people keep going back to it i mean like back in the day when you had the snares and you had the mega drive you you did play games because there wasn't really any multiplayer you played the single player but you would go back and play your games two or three times and i think that's ended a little bit now yeah. because we have multiplayer yeah and you always you always had to get friends over to play yeah. the multiplayer yeah there i still remember sitting with online. all my friends on two of us on one mega drive pad playing yeah. uh, micro machines turbo i think yeah i linked up I linked up four Game Boy originals to play Top Spin Tennis. Oh. Was it top, no, what was it called? Top Ranking Tennis yeah. was the big game on the, the tennis game, game by linking things. Yeah, so you always you had to meet up and like often when you got a game like on your birthday or something, when you was younger, like you it was like your mates weren't around first thing yeah, in the morning. That's so. it. But I think I think it's a really nice question and cheers very much, Jeff, for asking. I mean, these are the kind of questions that we like to, to people to ask because at the end of the day we like to know what you're doing and i'm sure you like to know what we're doing so i think that's a really good question to, yeah, yeah, to ask yeah. so obviously keep them coming in i don't think we've really got much else though to talk about today unless zach's got anything no there's a there was a, there was a comment by sparky about really enjoying grand theft auto after reading a review uh he thought it could get more than a nine i was joking around with strive saying i could have given it an 11 um, but yeah, it's it's an amazing game, and like we will add, like people who go to the to the site. If you're listening to podcasts and you haven't been to the site, we just repeat it quickly. That's www.highhi-score.co.uk, mm-hmm. and you can link from that from iTunes if you're just getting it from iTunes. Yeah. Or just, and um, but yeah, we will say that our scoring system is we try. It's almost similar to like Edge to a similar thing and Games TM, and like we really we really like the magazines like that that do things where. A five is average, and like a, going up through six, seven, eight, nine to ten is really that ultimate game that's like surprises you in every way. And Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars is amazing game, and like we would absolutely recommend everyone to play it. Everyone, like we've had some great comments from like friends and people have like looked on the site and listened to the podcast podcast that they've bought the game and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with the nine. We don't, we don't change these things, but yeah. yeah, don't think of that as as oh, it's not quite perfect. It's, there's some tiny things that maybe we could change, but it is an amazing game. It's very rare that you're going to have a game that comes along nowadays that you're going to get an absolute perfect score of ten. So, like as Zach says, we're going to use every single number. If we think a game is really dire and it shouldn't be played, yeah. it'll most likely get a one. If we think it's a perfect game that has no flaws, it will get a ten. But that's going to be rare. You know, the highest you'll probably see is is eights and nines because there isn't anything really so so far as perfection. Uh, but that was thanks thanks for that, Zach. It was nice yeah. to mention because I hope people that can uh, read the site actually get a grasp of why we do the ones ten scale as well. So that's nice. Yeah, no, that's good. Cool. Uh, but like we say, keep in touch with us. Let us know uh, what you think of the show and what you think of the high score low score format for the news in the middle as well. Whether you like the community game aspect as well, let us know. We're hoping that in the future we might even have like an iPhone game of the week section yeah, coming up as well. Um, 
keep commenting keep reviewing on itunes we need those reviews guys if you've listened to us and you like us give us a review if you don't like us just give us a review and let us know where we're going wrong so that we can make it better for you in the future yeah that's all from me yeah do you want to say anything on yeah, that yeah the only things i was going to add yeah um hopefully people have noticed and fingers crossed that the sound should be a lot better than last week there's a few like technical hip- hiccups we've changed some of the equipment hopefully mm-hmm. that's all sorted and all the technical stuff is behind us and we can just get on with enjoying yeah, doing the, the podcast um and yeah like people we know that we can tell how many people download the podcast and it's uh, a higher number than we originally thought and it's sort of growing each episode um so if you do, are enjoying it do tell all your friends about it and uh, get as we want as many people to enjoy it and like to tell us about how they want things we can change it and make it better definitely so yeah tell everyone about it and the reviews like <coughs> I must admit that I'm one of these people who I don't always review the things when I go on iTunes and I've, I've listened to other great podcasts like gaming stuff like there's a number of podcasts that me and Stripe listen to and yeah. I must admit I haven't reviewed all of those um, but I think I might do in just in the fact that it is really important and it's one way of like we want to if people are enjoying this we want as many people to know as possible so we definitely. can keep doing it keep making things better and like bringing you like bigger and better stuff yeah so definitely. um I think we're going to wrap it up there, yeah? Yeah, that's all from me. Okay, so that's the end of episode three. We shall uh, be back next week with episode four. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and uh, thanks for everything. This podcast is sponsored by gamesbasement.co.uk, the only games website designed by gamers for gamers. Follow us on Twitter, and don't forget to visit www.gamesbasement.co.uk on our launch date, Monday the 4th of May.